interview Eric Weihenmayer, who climbed the highest mountain in the world, Mount Everest. But he's gay. A warning to parents tonight about a pretty horrific new drug becoming more and more popular in schools across the United States. It's called GenChem and originated in Africa. It's a homemade substance actually made from human sewage. Kids take feces and urine and put it into a bottle or jar, then cover it with a balloon. The container's put in a sunny area for a couple days until fermented. The sewage releases a gas captured in the balloon that kids later inhale. It's said to give off a euphoric feeling, and some start hallucinating. Authorities are now warning parents to keep an eye out for that. Now, the motion picture that shows what America's all-time number one bestseller first put into words. I wasn't much of a man living with you, Neely, but that's over. I'm straightened out now. With that little whore! That little whore makes me feel nine feet tall. Dolls, the instant turn-off. For instant love. Instant excitement. Ultimate hell. Starring Barbara Parkins as Anne. Good girl with a million-dollar face and all the bad breaks. Patty Duke as Neely who was such a nice kid. And then someone put her name in lights and turned her into a lush. Sharon Tate as Jennifer. International sex symbol, victimized by everyone. Anne, honey, let's face it. All I know how to do is take off my clothes. The nation's most startling and hotly discussed bestseller, now on the screen with every shock and sensation intact. Now, the all-time bestseller is the motion picture you wanted it to be. Valley of the Dolls. It's in 15 seconds after the hour of five, and this is the month of April in the year of our Lord 2009. Thank you for coming by and making it part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of Rock 101 KUFO in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Uh, thank you for coming by and joining us today. It is Friday, April 3rd, 2009. The Rick Emerson Radio Show. Thank you for joining us. It is 503-733-2970. If you would like to uh, be part of today's uh, extravaganza of amusements, laughs, and comedy uh, whimsicalities. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Richie Bristol is standing by, ready, willing, and able to pass along your observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, the mundane, the absurd, the off-putting, the obtuse, the pedantic, whatever it is you might have today. 503 503- Seven three three two nine seventy. You can also email if you like. It is Rick at RickEmerson.com. Rick at RickEmerson.com. Sarah with an H at KUFO.com. Tim at KUFO.com. Or Richie with a T at KUFO.com. Uh, coming up in today's program, we have... Uh... What do we have? You know, I think I inadvertently hit a button on the phone because now it's, there's a weird flashing thing happening over here. Hold on a second. There we go. All right. It just started to, it was like a weird sort of strobey effect that was happening on the phone. It was kind of freaking me out a little bit. 
What was I just talking about? Ah, the radio show that we do here every day for four hours. Coming up in today's show, we have CNN radio correspondent James Roop joining us from Los Angeles. Aaron Duran will be here from geekinthecity.com. And, of course, Bo Breedlove will be sitting in his chair to my immediate right later on today. And that's going to be, uh... you know, here's the thing about this unzipped magazine, too, is I've just been carrying it around with me everywhere like the guy who has the nuclear codes. Uh, you know, like, like well, that's not something you can set down. You know, it'd be gone in a second. Well, that's that's the thing. It's like you know, he's carrying it around. You know, like in a briefcase, sort of handcuffed to my arm because I don't. Because I don't think it's out yet. And you know, you don't want to leave it laying around your office. Read it on the max. <laughs> I don't want to just leave it behind in the studio because then either A, as we discussed yesterday, it would be, you know, it would vanish. It would go home with somebody. And I want to have it around for the interview today. Or B, it, somebody would just walk in at sort of the inopportune moment. I mean, not that there's not that there's ever an inopportune moment to be looking at Bo Breedlove nude, I suppose. But I, uh, somebody would walk into the studio and they would see it and it would just be all kinds of awkwardness. So as a result, I feel compelled to carry with me everywhere I go. Which means that at any time during the day or night, if you see me, I am, in fact, clutching a copy of Unzipped Magazine. Just sort of become a, uh, it's become an inextricable part of my person. Anywho, Bo Breedlove will be uh, here on the show later on this morning. We'll be talking to Carl Click from K2 later on as well. Double Geek Watch coming up today. And uh, your phone calls. It's 503-733-2970. Tim Riley is working on the following stories for your edification on this Friday morning. The 16-year-old who allegedly nearly beat that skier to death was a meth baby. He spent most of his teens in juvie because of it. Meanwhile, his partner in crime, his criminal dad, is bipolar. If they're lawyers, it'll be believed. They're hoping we'll feel sorry for them. The state senate supports a task force on geese. Three Indians are beaten at the Goose Hollow Max stop. Actor Jamie Foxx. Bites off a stalker in his hotel room. Madonna will not be allowed to adopt a Malawi child. The X-Men Wolverine movie is leaked online. Michelle Obama, big hit in London, hugging schoolgirls and touching the Queen's flesh. We'll hear from Anderson Cooper with Richard Quest from London. Really? Yeah, I got it. That is a confluence of all things great and wonderful. It was great last night. I have it. Excellent. Uh, Two New Jersey men are arrested for staging a rash of fake UFO hoaxes using balloons, flares, and fishing line. It's good to know that the UFO community isn't easily fooled. You got one of them Jiffy Pop containers and a stick? All right. Let's go. Let's go out back and fashion ourselves some amusement. That's wonderful. We're joined today, as always, by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon. Good morning. How are you today? Good morning. You look fantastic. Thanks. I mean, not that you don't look fantastic every day. Oh, come on. I don't look fantastic. I'm sorry. I've ruined the theater of the mind. (laughs) Now I've just deflated the image. No, I decided to try and look a little decent. I laid out my clothes last night so that way I could wake Me up and too. just like throw on everything. And yeah. Then I actually went to the bathroom and put on some makeup. I uh, She's hoping Bo Breedla might find her attractive. Well, maybe I'll switch him. <laughs> maybe he just needs the right lady, Sarah. The, uh, I will say actually that. Um, no, I'm I, more. That's more for letting know there's going to be a camera in here and not so much, you know, a young gay man. <laughs> cameras. The. Um, People are just sort of, you know, there's that, uh, you know, the camera will take away your soul. And it's not really that. It's just that the uh, it's that the camera it does have an, it has a miraculous ability to take away anything that might look even reasonably presentable about you. So you've got to sort of compensate for it in advance. At least I do. That's sort of. Uh, it takes away like 40 years off my life. So I always request it not be pointed in my direction, please. Thank you. It's some sort of, it's like a filmic succubus. Just sort of, hold on, let me just get you on film. And and suddenly you're the crypt keeper. It is like the bad portrait of Dorian Gray. <laughs> exactly. But it's happening in real time. Honey, come here. 
No, uh, Tim Riley appears to be aging exponentially in television. Get in here. Hit record, won't you please? No, thank you. Yeah. So, uh... Anywho, uh, so we'll talk to uh, Carl Click from K2 later on uh, today, and then uh, I believe K2 will be in the studio when Bo Breedlove joins us later. Oh, it's going to so, be crowded in So here. you and I did kind of the same thing last night because uh, I, spent a, I spent a great amount of last night uh, going through uh, my wardrobe like an idiot, like an obsessive-compulsive nitwit. And then, of course, there's no real reason for that. Because I was like, I, why? Because you always end up with the same thing. Because I end up wearing jeans and a black shirt. Seriously, I don't understand. <laughs> well, I, because I had... Because I had four different black shirts from which to choose, and I couldn't quite figure out which one to go with. So I just went with the one that's the least interesting. That's sort of my, uh, that is my modus operandi. I'm and wearing my black sweater from Forever 21. Yeah. We look kind of gothic today. Yes, we do. Well, Tim's and then, wearing blue, though. Tim looks perfectly presentable. I well, spent, I'm not getting dressed up. I have to say that I spent a great amount of time this morning, too, trying to de-lint and de-hair this shirt. Because after I, because I was doing this whole thing of ironing it, and then, you know, because I didn't have a chance to get my laundry done or whatever. Anyway, I know this makes us sound like the, the big anal retentive, obsessive, compulsive, vain freaks, which is like a not entirely inaccurate assessment. But I mean, if you're, you know, you don't want to look like a, you know, like a total tool if you're going to be on camera. So I get the shirt last night, didn't have a chance to like take it to the laundry place, so I'm, you know, I'm starching it and ironing it myself. Get it all done, lay it out, walk into the bathroom to do something around, come back, have it out of the room 15 seconds, and not one, but both of the dogs have, in fact, jumped up onto the black shirt and just curled up. And so I was able to sort of get it away from them before they wrinkled it, but it, it was just covered, just top to bottom, in mm-hmm. white poodle hair. So if you came in, I come out of the office this morning thinking that nobody will, will see me because I sort of duck in early. So I'm standing there in the doorway of my office in like the... You know, like the like the the uh, like the wife beater undershirt thing, just kind of with a lint roller, lint rolling the shirt, and of course Chris Paddock walks right in and just sort of gives me gives me the long stare, and then well, kind you know, of Rick, the shakes world his head, moves on. Dressing room. Well, I would say that the uh, population of the radio station, uh, you know, in the early hours is uh, it's rather finite. There's not a lot of people. There's really just him. There's just me. There's Tim is the only one here. You pull into the parking lot and uh, yeah, Tim is here, a lone, sad figure walking into uh, to prepare the news. So, all right. Well, so Bo Breedlove will be in the studio later on today. In less than three hours. In less than three hours. In less than three hours. <laughs> and so forth. It's 503-733-2970. We have a double geek watch coming up. We have uh, news of all varieties. Aaron Duran will be here. He's going to be reviewing, to whatever extent it's even necessary to review the Fast and the Furious, he's going to be taking care of that. In case mm. you were, like, really on, on the fence about whether to spend your hard-earned money uh, on that film this weekend. We also have uh, Lisa Lampanelli tickets we're going to be uh, giving away. And there's a bunch of other stuff that has sort of cropped up during the week. And I don't know that we'll have time for all of it. We're going to sort of attempt to rustle up as much of this news as we possibly can. I will say we have a fantastic story about a bar brawl. And what makes it fantastic is not so much the brawl or the bar. It is, in fact, that a samurai sword was involved at one point, and it involves a guy hitting another guy in the face with a stump. Not like a tree stump, like a, like a hey, where did my hand go stump. So we've got that. We never did get to the story about the woman in the pine cone or mom accused of daring young teens to chug vodka. They did comply with that request, by the way. So we've got those, some other things that are sort of, uh, I would say, gathered like news moths to an educational flame during the week. And if we have time, which we may not, we'll have to talk a bit about about uh, Xbox. And here's why. Because 
because I have the Xbox Live, which means that you know I go on and I you know and I'm playing whatever. Usually it's Left for Dead these days, and so y'all get emails or people will, will sort of call up and they'll ask what you know what my name is on Xbox or what my gamer tag is or whatever. And I, I typically don't give it out on the air because. Because if you because if you give out your Xbox name, then it's you know then you get, people can request uh, you know that, that you join the game or whatever. In other words, people can see when you're online. So if I'm online playing Xbox, you'll get like a request on like, hey, so and so wishes for you to come play uh, you know Immortal Sword Five with him, and then you either have to say yes or no. And if you say no, if you're me, then you, you know you don't want to look like a jerk. Then you're in the position of saying yes, which means. That you kind of have to say yes to everybody, which means that I would never again be able to log off. So I've just kind of never given out my Xbox uh, name. What I did actually is I, I I got a wholly separate account just to give out on the air. So I'll have the, the account that I can just play uh, just by myself when I kind of want to be uh, when I want to have my private Xbox time. But I have a whole separate account now that I can give out on the air so that everybody can kind of know that. But which then leads you, leads you to the whole thing of like picking picking your name. So. At some point, like before, by the end of the weekend, I got to figure out what my next, what my new Xbox Live name is going to be, which is really a difficulty and challenge that only only Americans face. That's only in this country would that even count as some sort of a stress or a problem. So we will talk about that probably not today, but at, but at some point over the course of the weekend, I'm going to put a little uh, posting about that at RickEmerson.com. So be watching for that, won't you, please? It is 503-733-2970. Straight ahead, we will talk to Jim Roop from Los Angeles. Tim Riley will have news for us. And we will have Bo Breedlove in the studio later on today. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Good morning to you. It is Friday. It's 503-733-2970. In mere moments, we'll be joined by CNN Radio correspondent James Roop in Los Angeles. Tim Riley is working on the following headlines on this Friday morning. 654,000 jobs were lost nationwide last month. That's more than the entire population of Baltimore. Well, it turns out that Marion County grandma arrested for driving over 100 miles an hour, trying to teach her grandson a lesson about speeding. She's worked for the DMV for 21 years. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Awesome. A Philadelphia man attacks his fiancé for failing to put cheese on his meatball sandwich. A baby giraffe was born. America's second most famous unwed mother, Jamie Lynn Spears, turns 18 tomorrow. You know who number one is? America's... The actor mom. No. no she's wait, not. unwed, underage Unwed mom? mother, mm-hmm. underage. Mm-hmm. Unwed, underage oh, teenager. Uh, wait, unwed, underage. Oh, it's the, the Bristol, uh, Bristol the Palin, oh. the Palin girl. Yeah, look at that. See, I remember things, even when we no longer have any use for them. Or care. Or care. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen from Los Angeles. CNN Radio correspondent James Roop. Good morning to you, sir. Morning. Happy Friday. Thank you, my friend. How's life going? How are things? Couldn't be uh, much worse. Hey, how'd your uh, how'd your kid respond to the uh, the toothpaste oh, and the Oreo was, thing on April first? Fantastic. Really? First of all, first of all, I did the I told you the well, I didn't tell you. Uh, I did the cereal thing. Right, I switched the cereal on him first. Well, it's, so this was on April Fool's. So he got it was like a triple. It was a, it was like a hydra of, whammies, yeah. of of April Fool's things. It was the toothpaste and the Oreo. It was the uh, sandwich bag glued to the inside of the lunch bag, and then it was mom's like brand buds or whatever where his regular cereal yeah, it would was, be. It was the it was the crappy tasteless cereal my <laughs> wife eats. New from General Mills. And in my house. If you open it, you eat it. Uh huh. Or if you pour it, you eat it. Oh yeah, no, my dad was the same way. You put yeah. that in your plate, it's yours. Right. You take it, yeah. <laughs> so a lesson in in looking before you leap, if you will. Fantastic. Um, but so he choked that down. 
Then I did the cellophane on the uh, on the orange juice. Of course. And he, his kid's 18 years old. He looks up at me and he goes, "Hey, Dad, does orange juice curdle?" <laughs> That's George great. Does. You know, here's the great thing about a question like that is it's an indicator that you're going to have. I mean, even now that he's 18, years of fun with him. Oh, yeah. He's like a little home entertainment center just for you. So he looks on the counter. He goes, you made my lunch? Because I never do that. Right. I said, yeah, I thought I'd help out this morning. He goes, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. So he, then he, so he calls me at lunch and he says, Dad, you glued my sandwich to the bottom of the bag. <laughs> here's the great thing about that phone call, too, is... Not even really complaining or having any sort of a comment about it, just a statement of the obvious. Yeah. <laughs> like as though you might have done it inadvertently. And then when then when he got it off, because when he pulled it, the bag came inside out with the sandwich. Right. And uh, he said then it was like in eight baggies. You know, I, had, I put that sandwich in, and kept putting baggies after baggies after baggies in it. And, um, and then he said, when I saw the Oreo cookies, they looked kind of funny. But I took a bite anyway. That's great. There you go. That's he, he said I was the hit of his school, man. Well, the payoff of the teenage boy. You know what I mean? Well, I don't know. It seemed like it was kind of rancid. I hated it anyway. But I figured I'd have five or six and just figure, what the hell? How bad could it be? <laughs> ah, that's great. That you know, see, pretty funny. And here, let's just say what I mean. What is known to be true by everyone that a teenage girl you never could have done. I mean, like they would have known right out of the gate, right? Yeah, I, you know, only thing I did with my with my daughter who is sixteen, going on thirty six. Um, I just did. I put the her sandwich in like fifteen baggies. Yeah. Or something. She, yeah. she said she was in a meeting for ASB, a student body association or whatever, and she said she she kept unwrapping her her, her lunch. And she couldn't, because they were doing the meeting at the same time, she never got to eat her sandwich. It was like a Russian, uh, it was like an edible Russian nesting doll. <laughs> Great. Yeah, it's great. Anyway, that was it. That was it. Worked out just fine. Well, you know, look, what are kids for if not to amuse you in your slack yeah. moments? You know what I mean? Yeah. You got to find the, an extra creative outlet somewhere. And, and I, I love the line, "Hey, Dad, does orange juice curdle?" Just the and it is so typical, though, of the guy that he just like. Well, and then I figured yeah. I would just shove it into my mouth I'll regardless. Take a bite anyway, that's wonderful. Uh, I know you don't. Uh, I know you. Yeah. We, we none of us want to talk about the Octomom today, but I just want to keep track of this because it's like a bingo board with these kids. So they're there's of still the, one in the hospital. There's still one of them, but there's seven at home. But she's only got, according to something we read yesterday, she's only got like the one nanny now. No, no, she's got a few nannies. Okay, so she's so it's not just like her. You're just like because you're just picturing, you know, her and some other harried woman. Uh, she's it, got a nanny that stays there twenty four seven, and then one that comes in during the day. All right, or something like that. Yeah. All right, and then there's this guy that filed this, this lawsuit against AIG in Los Angeles, and <laughs> you got first. They're not even AIG anymore, right? Did Timmy, you tell me they they changed their name to something else. It's AIU in New York. Yeah. It should be IOU. So they. <laughs> yes, it should. The uh, that's the kind of rapier like wit that uh, keeps people locked into this radio uh, show every single day, Jim. Roof. So, so they changed the name, of course. I guess which is sort of like, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess, I guess it's you know, it'd be it'd be like John Wayne Gacy kind of moving one house down the street and hoping that maybe nobody would figure out where he was, yeah. because you know, it doesn't help that this is sort of in the news uh, everywhere about the name change. But, but so this guy filed a lawsuit against them, which it's got to be. I mean, their dance card's got to be full for like the next six, seven, eight, nine, ten years, right? Yeah, this is a class action suit. He's he, this guy's an actual shareholder. 
Um, and he's going after the bonuses. He's, he wants to recover the bonus. Good luck. You know, there's nothing uh, that says America more than just the nuisance lawsuit <laughs> that is probably not going to be successful. It's not really going to go anywhere. But you get the feeling it makes that guy feel a little bit better, and then we all get a little of enter- uh, you know entertainment out and, of it. And it's just another fly in AIG's ointment. You know, yeah. it's just another. It's it's just another thing. You know, um, to have to deal with. Do you suppose at this point, uh, when, the, when the lawyer knocks on the door and walks into the office of the AIG guys, and he's like, uh, "I got another." Uh, well, it's a cl- <laughs> like the sort of thing you would typically care about a lot, right? I don't know. It appears to be a class action suit filed by everyone in California. They uh, they want fourteen billion dollars. Also, they want to cut off one of your pinkies, but you get to choose which hand. Uh, what you, do you want to wear? And the guy just waves away, dismisses, put it on the pile. You know, because the inbox of lawsuits has got to be close to overflowing at this point. Oh, you know it. Yeah, you know it. I, I, it'd be a good thing to, uh, or it'd be interesting to see exactly how many. Lawsuits have been filed against AIG. It's kind of hard to believe that there hasn't been some sort of a news reality hybrid network that is launched where the instant one of these companies uh, just starts to get to get the shaft, uh, sort of like Enron, you would figure that they would immediately then uh, they ought to cut some sort of a deal with them where they'll put you know they put it all on reality television and then all of the revenue from that goes toward paying down uh, you know like whatever it is that they owe the public or how whatever whatever it is they've sort of uh, skinned people out of you know the, the, as long as we get to televise all your trials and travails because there were these stories about how the AIG employees were being told not to wear name tags not to wear anything that identified them as working for AIG yeah. to always park in a well lit area <laughs> Be aware of a guy following you with a bone saw uh, because they were so afraid that the public was going to take some sort of vengeance. So it seems like they ought to be able to milk that into some sort of a reality thing, you know, and in exchange for which all of that revenue from the reality show following all these AIG bastards around, that then goes toward the money uh, that they would presumably have to pay pay back to whoever. So well, that would be one way to, to get the money. I'm just saying. See, these are the, you know, you, uh, what you have to do now, Jim, is you have to monetize uh, alternate revenue streams. That's, uh, or so I've been told. So I'm just, <laughs> I'm trying to come up with new ideas to put on the pile. You are the idea, man. That's what I do. All right. Big plans for your weekend, sir. None. Zero zip. See, that's, there's something to be said for having a completely blank slate. Uh, trust me, by the end of the day, my wife will have a list. Well, it's it's part of the dynamic that keeps your uh, that keeps your relationship full of sparkle. I'm, I'm going to sure. have to feign some sort of illness. I uh, maybe the flesh eating virus. Well, I could do that. All right, there you go. All right, Jim Roop, have a fantastic weekend, sir. Thank you, and to you, sir. Jim Roop in Los Angeles, ladies and gentlemen, at the news desk. This is Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Geese are wreaking havoc across the state, and something must be done. Senator Betsy Johnson of Scampoose is on the case. She says these ghosts are damaging crops, marring parks, and threatening our way of life. They're doing what to parks? Marring parks. Ah, M-A-R-R-I-N-G. Marring parks. She says more than 200,000, apparently she's counted these, once migratory birds are staying all year wearing out their welcome. Betsy Johnson doesn't even sound like she can be a real person. Well, Betsy she, Johnson's a fashion designer. Oh, is she? Uh-huh. Oh, see, I was thinking... That's what, that's what I thought you were looking at me. This is the like... scapoose, Betsy Johnson. <laughs> Probably not a fashion designer. Call me crazy. Uh, Therefore, she's uh, organizing the Task Force on Geese Control. <laughs> Gresham City Councilperson Donna Coran had this to say. All right, so the geese are wreaking havoc and Now, these, uh, these uh, geese people will receive no funding. They're doing it out of the kindness of their heart. Uh, they say Oregon must be safe from these geese. Wait, so the Oregon, so they're doing what to remedy the problem? They're uh, organizing a task force on geese. A task force just means like a like a killing group, right? 
Yes, they're they're going to figure out how to kill two hundred thousand of them. All right. But, and we hear there was it geese that, that, that occasionally no, no, no. attack children. Oh, geese are vicious. I we used to have those as a kid, and they're better than watchdogs. They'll bite you right in the butt. <laughs> I uh, you wouldn't really anticipate geese. And first of all, I wouldn't think they have any teeth. Well, they they have like um, uh, and their beaks they're kind of sharp. Oh, is it like a is the inside of the bill sort of serrated? Yes. Does it have is it like a bread knife a little bit? Now are they is the bill uh, like do they have uh, is there any sort of pressure to that bite? Yes, because I wouldn't think. Oh, I guess. No, oh, I don't think so. Yeah, they're like little, like very sh- like sharp teeth almost. It's, it's almost bills. like a lapsa opso bite. See, I never would have. Th- I never would have thought that. I guess if you want to get rid of pesky neighbors, let the geese loose. Okay, done and done, Tim. And by the way, the answer to that is yes, I do. I do wish to get rid of my pesky neighbors. So uh, I'll some uh, geese. I'll import some. Here's Tim Riley. So now they're trying to uh, get us to feel sorry about these uh, alleged killers. Well, they tried to kill the skier. They beat him to death, right. left him behind. This is the father and son team? The father and son team. Well, the father is 33 and the son is 16. Add the numbers and you can come up with a wonderful life with these people. Well, now they say the team was a meth baby <laughs> and sorry. the dad is bipolar. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not. I am laughing. What was I? I'm not laughing at that. I am absolutely laughing at that. So the grandmother... Says in court, I know for a fact he was a meth baby. They don't think normal. They don't Don't have they 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 don't have compassion like normal people have. Meth babies, you're saying they don't think normal. Yeah, meth babies. Good thing to know that the grandmother is holding down the thinking normal. uh, Did you see the interview with her? No, she looks like she sounds really. She looks Mm -hmm. like a bloodhound. (laughs) (laughs) May I see that for one moment? All right, hold on. This is. Oh wow, what is up with that hair? Is that a so she says, they've been up in those words for nine days. Maybe desperateness, lack of food, lack of something, I don't know. I think he should be evaluated mentally. Uh, this is the what, This is the grandmother? Let's see. What, the mother uh, and the grandmother are both concerned. Wait, hold on a second. I'm so confused. Well, the ages are all so close here. I mean, it is, I mean. Grandma's bouncing baby boy is a meth baby. <laughs> Grandma's bouncing meth baby boy. Congratulations on your new meth baby. It's hard to believe they don't make a series of cards for that. So you're having a crack, baby. Um, okay, so <laughs> this is a stork flying with meth in his mouth. Althea Sutton, uh, Michael Collins' mother. Okay, so this is the yeah. So this is the mother of the dad. So it's this father and son team that were giving this guy a, a beat down. Yeah. So the the mother slash grandmother mm-hmm. spoke about her son and grandson. I think he should be evaluated mentally. She said, "I know for a fact he was a meth baby. They don't think normal. They don't have compassion." Like normal people uh, have, she says, despite their, despite the fact that he's bipolar and the other guy's a meth addict, she said she doesn't understand why her son and grandson would attack someone so violently. My thing is, and you can see this, by the way, at K2. K2 has a story about this. K2, with whom we will be speaking uh, next hour. Uh, there's a photo of this woman, this Althea Sutton. I don't know what's going on with her hair, but it's like... It's like a long, like weird... It's like a weave or something in the front yeah. of her. Doesn't it look like she's got a weave? Yeah, because I was She's distracted kind of this, yesterday. Yeah, because she has like this weird weave thing, but then there's like this long flowy part. She has kind of like a horse tail. It kind of looks like maybe this, that's the latest style at the Gresham Cut and Curl. <laughs> She's at the Hot Tips Nail yeah. Salon. She's kind of like this wrinkled ass white woman, but then in the front. She's only twenty five. <laughs> <laughs> but that's in Stevenson, Washington years, Tim. <laughs> that is. That's true. uh, that's like being tree beard, uh, you know, for everybody else. Well, looks like somebody dumped a bowl of worms on her head. <laughs> It looks like Britney Spears after she shaved her head and then had like her extensions growing out a little bit. Not that she doesn't have a certain inner beauty, I'm sure. <laughs> They're all God's children, yes, those they... meth babies. They yeah. just don't think normal. Yes. <laughs> 
That's the opinion of CBS News, by the way. That is the official stance of everyone here. Here's Tim Riley. Well, here's something that went terribly wrong in Beaverton. <laughs> a young boy got caught in the garage door and couldn't get out. Oh. Wait, he's not dead, is he? No. Oh, okay. Okay. So we'll call him uh, Tony. Ended up in a precarious position after his T-shirt got caught on a garage door handle. Wait a minute. Why are we calling him Tony? Is that his name? Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that explains that, I guess. All right. Okay. So Tony gets what? Caught on what? This young man, we'll call him Tony because his parents do. Ended up in a precarious situation after his T-shirt got caught on a garage door handle and the motorized door picked him up and tried to pull him through the opening at the top. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. How old is Tony? It's, it's, how old is Tony? I mean, he would have to be we pretty. Don't know. He would have to be pretty young or pretty light, I would imagine, because I mean, a garage. I mean, the door itself is pretty heavy, but I mean, I think the the motor is. In other words, it's not like it's a it's a it's a small motor because it's mm-hmm. got to pull up that door, but it's probably only the motor is only strong enough to pull up the door and nothing beyond that. But not this time, because an installer inspected the garage door and discovered that a dial on the motor was set incorrectly. It was set to lift too much weight. <laughs> That's great. And so normally... It's a little lesson for us all here. Because what would happen is he would get his cuff or whatever caught on it, and it would start to pull him up, and then it would just stop, right? right. But not not this time. So was he pulled up into the... Uh... He was pulled up over the door through the opening. Wait a minute. So the garage... So was this the kind of garage door you suppose that go... Uh, it's a motorized garage door. But I mean, you know, some of those doors, the whole panel moves at once and then it just slides up and the others yeah, are like sort of hinged. it goes through the metal thing? Yeah, the others yeah. are sort of hinged and it sort of curves as it goes up. Uh-huh. I wonder which one it was. Because then you're picturing the kid where it's like there's the there's the, the, the ceiling in the garage and then the garage door which is then up and parallel and then the kid is sort of sandwiched in the middle somehow. It's like, it's like something Wiley Coyote would get into when the roadrunner hit the garage door to go up. I wonder if he just sort of it was stuck in there until like the dad or whoever came out and he just sees the shoes sticking out of the top of the garage. Because, you know, I don't know if I said this on the air if I was talking about off the air the other day, but that happened, something like that happened to me where uh, the garage door, I was trying to get something out of the garage. And so I opened the garage door, and unbeknownst to me, a bicycle had inside the garage fallen back against the inside of the door. So as the garage door goes up, it starts lifting this bicycle off the ground. And so when the garage door gets almost all the way open, I can see that this bike is hanging in there, and I'm afraid that it's going to either hurt the bike or that it's going to gum up the engine somehow. So I reach inside to try to unhook the bike from the inside of the garage door. And at that moment, the garage door does give, like, the gears kind of bind up, and it gives a little, like, like shutter. Mm-hmm. And the bike falls, and my hand got caught in the chain, took a big chunk out of my hand or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, but, I mean, garage doors seem like a thing that, uh, seem like that could cause any number of uh, any number of problems if you're not really careful. So, uh, word to the wise. All right. So be careful of garage doors. Indeed. Straight ahead, more from Tim Riley. Later on, we will talk to K2's Carl Click. Bo Breedlove will be in the studio later on today as well. Plus, Aaron Duran from geekinthecity.com. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Stay there. Yes, and we stand up, now we fall. Together, we can stand tall. Brothers that try to work it out to get mad. Revolt, revise, realize they're super bad. Small Texas, my brother's going to be a victim of his own circumstance. The Rick Emerson Show returns. Don't exchange blood with a hooker. Oh, that touches me. This is Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us this morning. Coming up later on today, Bo Breedlove will be in the studio with us. We'll be talking to K2's Carl Click as well. Plus, Aaron Duran will be here to review The Fast and the Furious. You can probably figure out how your uh, 
for yourself how that's how that's going to sound. Uh, there's uh, there's probably no real reason to see that film, but what do I know? Ladies and gentlemen, at the news desk, it's Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Lots of laughs. An Oregon woman pulled over for going 103 miles an hour. Trying to teach her grandson a lesson about speeding. Turns out that Sandra Nardi has been working for the DMV for 21 years. And lost in all of this was the fact that her last name is her last name Nardi. Nardi. That's got to be a lot of fun. A 53-year-old is also on administrative leave with the DMV, not because of the speeding incident. They say Nardi's on leave because she showed up late for work too many times. <laughs> well, maybe she was just trying to learn how to get there with a you know a greater degree of rapidity. I don't know. Uh, maybe see now, of course, because. Because we've grown up in a Simpsons world, and now we are legally obligated to speak like Patty and or Selma. We're talking about anybody from the DMV. How great is that, though, that she was well, she was on administrative leave because she couldn't get there on time uh-huh. and then just sort of balance things out? It's sort of a yang to the yin yes. uh, that she has busted for going. It was 103, 109. 103. I mean, I guess it doesn't really matter at that point, but that's... Uh, had she not been stopped, it would have gone up to 109. Does it say which DMV she worked at? Because she's it from... Is this Salem? Uh, Marin County. All right, Not so specifying. Uh, I would imagine it's a Salem office. So I'm just wondering which DMV that it could. Man, I got to look. I don't have anything against people. Got to pay the rent, you know. Your brother got to eat. So I understand people take a job where they can take a job. But there is something about the DMV that it's not just, I mean, I think a lot has been made about the fact that every time you go to the DMV, it's just a parade of weird looking people. I mean, there's nobody pretty there ever. And I mean, I, I don't get, maybe it's different in like, like in, in, in Hollywood or LA oh, or something. No. Tim, maybe you can shut some worse. It's worse. But how is it possible that there's nobody attractive at the DMV ever? And look, I'm not trying to say that I'm, that I'm somehow a pretty person. I, no, I, no, I am it, not. It's like the recruiter from a Greyhound station. <laughs> that's, I mean, really, that's, it's just, you walk in there and it, it's just it, 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 like saddlebags with legs. It's just sort of walking I mean, around. They don't think chain normal smoking. over there. No, no, they do not, Tim. And then the people behind the counter, maybe that's a whole... It's sort of like how dogs and their owners begin to look alike after a while. It's like the DMV and their customer base have started to look alike. And it's just nothing but weird wrinkles and this, this sort of vague stench of Ben Gay and, and despair. And you're kind of sitting there staring at the ground, which always seems to be covered in gum. And then there's some girl in hideous stretch pants and like a, and like a Raiders hoodie that goes all the way to her ankles with her 15 kids running around saying things like, Tammy Joe, you get back here! Uh, you know, And then yelling into the cell phone, about how the dad is late on his uh, support payments. I mean, you, and and you just vomit in the water fountain <laughs> and you're dying of thirst. That's the worst thing you've ever said. Well, it's true. <laughs> you've And you've said many, many, many vile things. Things, that, things, that, shouldn't be, things that shouldn't be heard by anyone. You've said things, as John Malkovich would say, I have seen what no man should see. That's the worst thing you've ever said. <laughs> well, that's my memory of going to the DMV. And that's my other thing. Is it, I don't think that's a theoretical observation. That's the sort of statement that comes from life experience. There's personal relevance. Well, when you get to be my age. Wow. All right. Well, let's uh, do one more here where we will get uh, caught up and return around the corner. Here's uh, Tim Riley. Okay, let's uh, hear from Anderson Cooper and Richard Quest standing in front of Buckingham Palace last night. I saw uh, on the BBC and other places that they're commenting about Michelle Obama touching the back of the Queen. Is that really a breach of protocol? Not a bit of it. The Queen yeah. ain't going to be worried. There was a famous incident of an Australian Prime Minister that did shove her down the line, a greeting line once. But, you know, put it this way. 
it's not as if Michelle Obama got behind her and shoved her out the door <laughs> right. or did something like that. You know, it's, it's quite acceptable. It's, it's, quite not, it's, it's not necessarily... The queen rolls with the punches. Absolutely. She's been doing it for 50, 60 years. She ain't worried about that. <laughs> what about the iPod? Did that raise uh, some eyebrows? Is, well, you know... I mean, I suppose this is the way one of the newspapers, The Sun, we've really got to be very careful with this piece of paper, I promise you that much. Um, they've described it as my husband and iPod. Of- All right. Well, we should play that again uh, later. I've got uh, lots to say about that because Richard Quest is... They're hilarious together. There was another story about him the other day. All right. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101, KUFO. Don't forget, coming up later on, Aaron Duran from GeekInTheCity.com and Bo Breedlove plus Carl Click from K2. It's the Rick Emerson Show. They're right there. The Rick Emerson Show returns. What a catastrophe! This is Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. It's the best day ever. Coming up later on in the uh, show, we will be talking to Bo Breedlove. will be here in the uh, studio with us. Aaron Duran from GeekInTheCity.com. This, however, is Tim Riley at the news desk. In the news with Tim Riley. So take a look at the business pages. It looks like A-Ball Plumbing has closed down. They were on uh, West Burnside. Yes, they were. Gone. And now it looks like Zell Brothers, a jewelry store that's been in business for like 100 years downtown, may also be going out of business unless they find a buyer soon. All that and guiding light in one week. And the the guiding light. And a lot of these uh, local businesses... Uh, we, of course, the economy tanked in the fourth quarter, and just to make things worse, we had all those snowstorms, right. which wrecked business everywhere because the city came to a standstill. I only like thought about that. Yeah. You got you got to imagine that, that there was any number of uh, businesses that maybe counted on holiday yeah. shopping, and, and that they was just like got, no foot traffic, and they just got they just got screwed during the uh, during the snowpocalypse. Mm-hmm. Um, also, this I was on Hawthorne the other day, and you know I, I have to tell you that and the canary in the coal mine for this whole thing was that Bowers Bakery on Hawthorne, which is one of my very favorite places in all of Portland. I'm just going to be bitter about that forever. I'm not blaming the guy, you know, the, the Dave Bowers or whatever his name is, the, the Ted Bowers, the Bowers guy. It, it, it was one of those. It was a, a kind of a deli that was a family operation, and he'd worked there forever. And then it was him and his daughters. And anyway, they closed down last year. And I understand the you know the rent just got too high, and then, you know you got to do what you got to do, but. um I've just I've always been uh, been irritated about that that, it, that there was no that, that there was like sort of no solution that could be found to keep that to, to keep that place there because it was it was wonderful and I was really lamenting it at the time but looking back it was so clearly that was just one of the early um whatever the whatever the opposite of an aftershock is that was one of those tremors that happens beforehand because that was probably 6 or 7 months before before the recession just sort of came down like an avalanche you know what I saw the other day though on Hawthorne I don't mean to I'm not trying to make light of anything. I'm just saying that place that sold nothing but cat toys is gone. No, yes. I used to live right next door to that, and I would always uh, go in and play with the cats. Oh, see, and I just always had a low-grade resentment toward that place. Oh, they had, no, there are these two beautiful cats that were just fluffy, and they would live in the store. Yes, And so, yes, like, I'd did. be walking, you know, back from, you know, like, years ago, like, like back from catorium? the bar. No, that's exactly what it was. No, it, I think it was actually just called, like, nothing but cat toys or, was, or whatever. I think it was called the cat's meow. Yeah, I mean, it was and just... cats lived in the window. Yeah, well, yeah was, the cats lived in the, yeah, these two big fluffy cats that, like, made it their palace, and they lived in the window and like, uh, wandered all around. And, and I know this like a uh, storybook fairy tale. It was it, cute. This will surprise you, Tim, but there was a woman who ran it, and apparently the cat just uh, was allowed to do whatever he wanted there. Apparently the cat actually ran the store, and well, the woman was sort of his employee. The fourth best city in the country for cats. Yes, it is. Um, so you would go in there, and it was, I mean, it was a catopia or, or one of them, but it was that all it was. And there was, like, no dog stuff. No, it wasn't like an all-purpose pet store, that, but they kind of specialized in cats. 
It was on Hawthorne and I don't know, maybe like 30th or something. It was kind of by that Hollywood video there. And there's just cat things as far as the eye could see. And again, I'm not, I'm honestly not trying to make light of it. I mean, as you know, you don't wish for anybody to have uh, business troubles, but it was a thing where you would just ask yourself, like, even given the fact that crazy cat people will spend all kinds of money on that stuff, how can they possibly keep functioning? It just didn't, it didn't make any sense. And frankly, I have to be honest, I think that about a lot of the places on Hawthorne, don't mm-hmm. you? And even the places that I shop at, you ask yourself that like the rent, I can't even imagine what the rent has got to be at any of that storefront property. Cause that was the thing that killed Bowers Bakery. Who had a huge customer base, like that clog store that's been there for clogs years. Clogs and more, yeah, yeah. And it's not, by the way, there's no more, and there's no, mm, it's just clogs. That's it, man. Then it's down a- to one clog. <laughs> they repossess the S. <laughs> we're just uh, we're clog and nothing, clog and sadness. Uh, I've actually been in there a couple of times because, it, it, to be honest, my wife actually shops there because she wears because nurses and shoes and it's a whole thing, um, but. It, Hawthorne property. I mean, it's not like you're going to be in, like in the Pearl District or something, but still, that's. I mean, that's, that's not cheap at all. And we know, you know, we have a lot of uh, people we know who've had businesses there that have had kind of ripples. And plus, I get the fact, uh, I get the sense that a lot of uh, businesses in Hawthorne are sort of there because mom left you a trust fund. It's like because it's always just like a bunch of hippie herbariums or whatever, and you just know that that was supposed to be for that was supposed to be for four years at Reed, and instead they decided to open like an oboe shop or something. All they sell is oboe with a side of you know with with like an African drum uh, set or something in the window and it's like a very specialized kind of music store and yet they persist year after year after year which i guess good on them i mean it's a it's a doggy dog world but uh you know so so people like God. to play the oboe while entertaining their cats God i guess bless you. <laughs> yes. a washington county real estate agent pleading guilty to using his realtor's passcode to rob two homes michael mesner admitted last week to break into the homes and having a drink of liquor after getting caught He's been sentenced to over two years in prison, ordered to pay $5,300 restitution. So apparently he's, he was uh, trying to entertain the ladies in his life by saying, of course, he, he, you know, a realtor can get into any house. Wait, but are these kid. empty houses? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but I mean, there, there aren't people living there at all. One was. And, oh. and I guess he got caught. Ah, okay. The liquor so this was, so most of the houses were empty, but there was somebody who was trying to sell their home. So the realtor had a key. Right, and you have then, an electronic key which identifies who you are. And you then, enter. oh, that's always a good idea. Use the key that actually has your name on it too. Um, so, so then the, the homeowner was gone, and the realtor thought, "This is my chance to uh, shows up get and, my sex on." And he's and, whining and dining himself. <laughs> in this that's, house. that's wonderful. And, and then he saw some missing items in his bag. Hey, well, see, that's. I mean, again, the, the stupidity of criminals. I mean, if you're given. Look, you're quite literally given the key to the house. I mean, that's not like a, 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 right, a figure exactly. of speech. Given the key to the house. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you if you really feel like you need to go in and put your feet up occasionally, maybe why don't you just not loot the silver drawer on your way out and just <laughs> be a big uh, a big red flag. Seems like thing. one or the other. <laughs> also, this um, I keep waiting for this to happen. And maybe this this ought to turn up in some sort of a uh, maybe this could be in like a like a lifetime movie or something. Or this maybe like a Sex in the City kind of a thing. I keep waiting to hear about in these troubled financial times. About some enterprising realtor who just has a bunch of empty houses that he's showing all the time, where what he does is, on the side, leases them out to trysting lovers, like two, three hours at a time. That's something mm. I've seen advertised on Craigslist before. Really? Yes. Would, Under please, real estate. Please to explain, where, where he says, like, uh, I have house to let for a couple hours at a time. Meet me up, blah, 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 for a little... But is this where he's looking at for it for himself? Yes. Oh, see, but that's see that's one thing. See, I always assume that happens. If you're a realtor, not that they're not all. I mean, I'm sure most realtors, Tim, are, are they're upright and trustworthy people. Some are just upright. Uh, well, they don't have to take their clothes off to have a good time. Nope. Oh, no, no, they don't, Tim. Um, so, um, 
But but no, no I, I guess my thing is I keep waiting to hear some story about a realtor who has offered, like, in other words, he says, look, I got uh, 15 houses all over the city that I show. Uh, maybe you and your gentleman friend don't have any place where you can have your liaison. Uh, I will, uh, you know, you will have access to this house for like three hours. You give me $200 or whatever, you know, just something. You oh, know, I'm sure that goes on all the time. I mean, that seems like some sort of, I mean, like some sort of enterprising uh, right. business person would and, make a go of that. And because it's not very busy right now, it'd be perfect. Well, I'm not recommending people do it. No, right? of course not, Tim. That would be wrong. But but I know the uh, one enterprising real estate agent is sponsoring our Easter egg hunt in our neighborhood this year. <laughs> it, and even though it is a recession, our neighborhood Easter egg hunt will continue. A neighborhood Easter egg hunt? Yeah. Really? Your life is so much different than ours. Yours is magical. Well, you're, you're welcome to come over and look for Easter eggs if you want. <laughs> We don't check IDs. I don't want to bring down the property. By the way, (laughs) they're already down. How (laughs) representative of the dynamic between the three of us is that? That is a microcosm of the whole thing. That you actually live there. Sarah and I are invited to come and root around on the ground for free food. That's it. (laughs) And quarters. I'm so hungry. I haven't eaten all day. Chocolate rabbits, too. Meanwhile, I'm just, you know, as the clock strikes, uh, you know, three or whatever, I just sort of see the gates of Tannisborn closing and and, and Sarah and I are sort of being shown out. So it's good to know that your Easter egg hunt won't be interrupted, Tim. I know. They left these little uh, messages rolled up like, hear ye, hear ye, in English uh, writing style in our doors last night. Occasionally, does a wizard just come by your house and leave a baby on the step that you're supposed to guard for 18 years? It sounds for and all by, the world. By the way, they, they should have closed the gate in the courtyard. <laughs> Times is hard, Tim. Who hides the eggs? Uh, the real estate agent and her kids, I guess. They're Wait, all hidden when we but get But there's out. one real estate agent for the whole... Well, usually there's a real estate agent that sponsors it every year. Oh, I see. So okay. that's okay. So it is a thing so that she is. Hides them. So it's sort of it, it is a structured thing that where they have a realtor who comes in and they and they actually and help. they run the whole Easter egg. Magically, if you get up early enough to walk the dog, you already see the eggs hidden. You really do live in some sort of weird loompa land. Is there like any like place. garbage or anything? No, of course well, not. We, we have people constantly going around picking up things and making things. It's like it's Disneyland. There's, there's a guy in a goofy suit, but his shoe is really like a trash can slash, uh, you know, uh, slash thing. All right, here's Tim Riley. So anyway, uh, Michelle Obama is hugging all the headlines. Nobody's paying attention to Barack Obama, but she has become, like everyone thought, the newest Jackie Kennedy. Mm-hmm. If you weren't around when Jackie Kennedy was around, this is probably what it was like. Uh, She's talking to all these girls at this girls' school in London yesterday. Nothing in my life's path uh, would have predicted that I'd be standing here as the first African-American first lady of the United States of America. There was nothing in my story that would land me here. And you don't have to be a girl to appreciate what she's saying, really. Now, am I imagining the fact that she's a teacher, or is that is that accurate? Is that what she was by no, profession? She's a lawyer. She a lawyer? Yeah, she's a lawyer. You know, maybe it's because, and well, and I guess the two are kind of related in the sense that I was going to say she has that teacher sort of um, look about her. In that, I find her kind of intimidating. I have to be honest, actually. I mean, she's. I mean, don't get me wrong. She's hot and all. I find uh, Michelle Obama kind of. Uh, is it because she's tall? No, it's because she has. She just there's a bearing about her. And I think that's why I went right to teacher, but lawyer would explain this too. She just has that bearing that right. That she, I mean, and it doesn't seem like a false politeness. She does seem like you know, she seems like a very, very uh, charming, charismatic person. But it does seem like right underneath the surface, there's just this like steel core of like, don't screw with me. I'm sure there's a little bit of Hilaryism that's behind her. Th- exactly. But every successful woman is part Hillary. No, that's that is really true. And you uh, don't get there without that. And Sarah, your mom, it's, your mom's a teacher, so you totally know because she's got the teacher mom thing. Oh yeah. Your mom's got the combo where she gives you that look. 
Oh yeah, she's scary. And it just silences you with just with one glance. The look, the the eyebrow raise. Yeah, that she had. And Michelle Obama's got that too. Uh, just yeah, but just by looking at you and just giving you just uh, yeah, just slightly raising one eyebrow and maybe pursing her lips a little bit, you would just be chilled to the core. Well, good for her. she's still hot though. Good for her. A man who said he just had his hand severed with a samurai sword punched his attacker in the face with a stump. Excellent. This happened in uh, Ireland. He, uh, let's see, this fellow, Charles Russell, of Whitechapel Road in Dublin, remains in custody pending sentence after pleading guilty to intentionally or recklessly causing Peter Rogers seriously harm at the deputy mayor of pub. His 31 previous convictions include... <laughs> <laughs> road traffic and criminal damage offenses. I can't believe this is from Ireland, Tim. Mm-hmm. Uh, Russell severed Roger's hand at the wrist with the first swing of the sword, and his hand fell to the ground. Well, that's pretty impressive, actually. If it could, I mean, the first swing, you're not having to, like, hack at it a few different times. I mean, even with a sword, you got to figure that, I mean, you figure it's going to catch about halfway through, but, you know, well, good for him. He said the victim did not notice that he had lost his hand, which he said must have been due to shock. So Rogers uh, continued to struggle yes. with Russell at one stage, punching the accused in the face with a stump of his arm. Wow. Russell and the co-accused then left the pub earlier that day and returned with a sword and hammer before uh, they both assaulted Rogers. Wait, they returned with a sword and a hammer? What was the hammer for? I don't know. Maybe that's if the sword, maybe if there's some sort of a, like you can't work all the way through and you got to unstick the sword. So a customer picked up Mr. Rogers' hand. Mr. Rogers' hand. <laughs> at least, the, at least the story isn't written to have a lot of like beat Mr. Rogers with a hammer, cut yeah. off one of Mr. Rogers' limbs, and he placed it in ice in a black bag. The victim was taken to the hospital where he underwent surgery to reattach the hand. But let's get bit. So he, but the guy cuts off his hand, mm-hmm. and so the guy a, a looks down. So he didn't realize first because I'm picturing it by the way, sort of like the cantina bar in uh, this cantina bar in Star Wars, but with a, like a like a thick brogue or something. Where like Obi-Wan, and the guy looks down and his arm is on the floor. So he loses a hand, doesn't notice it right away. Have another Jameson's. And then he, but then when he, when he notices it, he just goes right to work on the guy's face with his stump. Yes. That's got to be a uniquely unnerving prospect, by the way. That's, you go from being the attacker to actually being attacked by an actual literal bloody stump right in your face. Well, it is an Irish pub. Well, I suppose, Tim. It's uh, one step away from becoming a national sport, probably. Uh, Portland police say three Indians were attacked at a southwest Portland Mac stop, and this is in a fairly nice neighborhood, Goose Hollow. Uh, let's see, uh, Miss Wheat of the police department said they're looking for three men and two women in connection with the beatings. Anyone with information just has to call police. Well, I guess their crack uh, crime team riding on the Max wasn't there at that time. Well, straight ahead, more news from Tim Riley coming up later on in the program. Aaron Geek in the city of Duran, as well as Bo Breedlove will be here in the studio later on. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 and KUFO on Friday. Stay there. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. Indeed, it's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Good morning. It is... Friday, ladies and gentlemen, here alongside Sarah X. Dillon and news director Tim Riley. Still to come today, Bo Breedlove will be in the studio with us. And you're a TV star, Rick. It's all very confusing, everything. You were on TV for a long time. My life doesn't make any sense sometimes. It's just very, it, it's just kind of surreal. Uh, so if you were watching uh, K2 just now, I mean, I understand, of course, that everybody uh, wakes up at 4.59 and they listen to every single second of this program. But let's say, for example, you had to use the uh, lavatory or the you were uh, yes, you were obliged to walk into the kitchen to get yourself a Pop-Tarts uh, and, you know, and you have to, to go buy a television. You said, while I'm by this television, maybe I'll watch K2. 
Uh, which, of course, I we would do. we would wholeheartedly endorse and recommend that you watch K2. And Carl so, Click was very charming. Carl Click just now. So, yeah, I uh, just uh, just now during the uh, commercial break, I was talking to Carl Click and Natalie and uh, talking about Bo Breedlove, who's going to be in the, on the show later on. The Natalie next. Marmion made a comment that she had heard on the show, so she is also a listener. Everyone is, too. That's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Well, that's like, uh, well, with... I'll t- I don't think, actually, I think this is during the, uh, I won't even say it's a, it was sort of not even a dark period. It was a gray period. It was a period of, uh, it was a period of recusal uh, uh, from the program, Tim. I think it was in early January uh, when you had, uh, early January. you were on sabbatical. I don't remember January no, at all. No, no one does. Uh, but there was another, there was another sort of uh, media story that happened that I, I'll, I'll tell later on. But um, anyway, so just now I was uh, on K2 and did they do the thing of like, did they, was it like the Christiana Mompour thing? It was like my voice, and then it was like a stock photo of me right yeah, next but it was, to it. The picture was huge. Really? Well, <laughs> yeah. And you had big hair. <laughs> I had big everything. That's from before I decided to slim down a little bit. It's a, yeah. Uh, it was kind of. It looks like it's kind of from an angle up. Really? But it was like Lord Emerson, and then there was a little UFO. <laughs> it was my, my Riefenstahl look. The uh, well, that's good. So, uh, anyways, so just now, if you uh, if you but saw you the sounded good. Too. Thank you. I well, I, you know, it's, come on, we're not on radio like for our looks. <laughs> well, that's, well, see, that's the thing. That's it's why like, I wouldn't let anyone put a camera on me. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, look, and, and we love Kate. We love Carl Click. B- you know, good friend of the show. We're all yeah, I mean, we really. Uh, we've you know we've done a lot of stuff together. We're big fans. Television is such a different. Well, you know Tim. I mean, and you know Sarah. You know because yes. you've done that. Well, in fact, I in fact so do I because we've all I've done enough bad television here. Never do it. Again. We've all done some you know some TV projects, but it's just such a strange medium because you spend on the radio at least, especially if you're doing talk radio or you know you're doing any sort of like a long form program. You spend years trying to figure out how to take as long as possible to say every single phrase. How can I take this five word sentence and make it into fifteen? And then anytime you do television, you know, where it's just scripted and it's just as tight as can be where the producer's like, you've got two minutes and 14 seconds. If you go one second over, I will have you killed. Yeah, they let you go for a long time. Well, that's the power of the... And uh, I like the little Sam Adams, Bo Breedlove montage they had going on. Did they see? I See, I was in a little... I was in Richie's like closet stock, back there. It's like stock pictures of uh, Bo Breedlove. Then there was a flash to a high school picture. Then there'd be these two moving pictures of Sam Adams and Bo Breedlove. And then they cross did the photos run at each other like they yes. were on a beach and then there was That's sam right. adams at the press conference you know sweating and looking uncomfortable and then right. bo breed love you know all smiley and hot and sam adams had that hypnotic look in his eyes as he's looking at a stock photo of bo breed love like he's the hypno toad did Thank you ever in the restroom did you did you ever see that um did you ever see that uh the the footage stream of, of sam adams trying to get in to city hall uh after it was like about the a week after the whole scandal broke and he was downtown. There was on a Saturday, and he, he was trying to get into City Hall to do something or other. And there were a bunch of reporters hanging out, as is their want. But he went there, and there was some sort of a glitch where his key card didn't work. Oh no! Oh no! Nate Baker at uh, at, at K two is telling me about it. Is this Sam Adams? You know, he shows up, and it's like I don't know. It's like ten o'clock on a Saturday. I mean, I guess. And there was a meeting that was happening. So, it, in other words, it's not like City Hall was supposed to be locked. And there's this great footage they showed. Of Sam Adams, like, well, here I am, engulfed in scandal, but I'm going to work as a, you know, because I am the mayor. And, that, and then the door won't open. And he does that thing of pulling the door a couple more times, jiggling it to see if it'll open. Then he ends it with the face against the glass, eyes cupped, uh, you know, hands cupped around his eyes, uh, trying to look in to see if anybody's inside. And then he just had, and nobody came to let him in, so he had no choice to sit and talk to the reporters. It was gold. It was fantastic. Anyway, so uh, we'll, uh, I think we'll get the audio from the K2 thing just now. We'll play that later on. So thanks to Carl Click and everybody at K2 uh, for uh, speaking that with us just fantastic. now. Bo Breedlove Beyond uh, later on, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, probably not here, but I know that Sarah has got more. Would you dump what I, would you dump that? 
Okay. Yeah. All right. Thanks. I just, I, I probably shouldn't call them out by name. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but you're being descriptive about the audio. That's not your service. He's used up all your words on K2. That's right. Now you're flailing, Rick. Can you bring it back? No, I've. Bring it on home. The genius is gone. Now I'm going to. Now we'll just have, uh, we'll have no choice but to. uh, I have to tell you. Play Inagata DeVita the rest of the morning. I did have some friends over last night and I did go to this said sound website. Mm Mm-hmm. And played them a bunch of the stuff. I played them um, some of the stuff that we couldn't play. So this is the uh, this is the website that offers pre-produced comedy and laughs for morning shows. And we played some of this yesterday, including what was it, Little Pepe? A little puppet. Little puppet. So we'll do that maybe in the next uh, segment. There's a, a site we went through yesterday that they offer. Uh, it's not just audio. I mean, they offer prepared yes. sort of fake commercials and parody songs, but they also will just let you print out reams and reams and reams of jokes uh, and observations and sort of glib witticisms that you can then pass off as your own. And so we were playing some of that yesterday. And it, Do you want like a sample one? Well, you know what I was thinking? Do you have a sample? What is yeah. this? Here you go. And this is, so uh, this is some... There you go. See, that's... Uh, that's, that's cutting edge. That's quality yes. uh, is what that is. So... It occurred to me after we played some of that show prep yesterday, how some of it, I mean, like there's nothing new under the sun, but some of that is just like a thinly veiled rewrite of show material that I heard morning shows using when I was like 14, 15. So it's hardly anything new. See, is that supposed to be flatulence? Because it yeah, sounds it like somebody like trap door. See, no, it doesn't. It, well, so actually, I had an argument with my friends last night. We're like, that does not sound like a fart. It but like, it's called Jack the Ripper. It sounds like somebody <laughs> rifling really quickly through a deck of cards. It sounds like a slow, like a whoopee cushion being pushed really slowly. It okay. sounds like a spinner from the game of life. <laughs> Pulling a rusty <laughs> like a hammer. Stopper. Nail out of a board. <laughs> trap door. Well, it's certainly not actual flatulence. flatulence. By the way, let's say hello to the K2 people who just decided to tune over and hearing us talk about <laughs> flatulence. Good morning to you. It's a morning show. Tim Riley's working on the following headlines on this Friday morning. Yes, I am. The teen was a meth baby. Dad is bipolar. Jamie Foxx fights off an intruder inside his Philly hotel room. The NBC affiliate in Boston mixes the new Leno show. And NBC is very upset about that. Madonna will not be allowed to adopt an African baby. I thought she already... Okay, She I'm, has one. She wanted another one. I'm confusing her with Angelina Jolie. They're who, collector's items. Who, get the whole set. It's like, you see that Xavier uh, Cabbage Patch guy, like, signing the left buttock with a number? It's kind of refreshing that someone said no to Madonna. Seriously. I know. Uh, you know, and, and also, I... How do I, how do I put this? Angelina Jolie, first of all, has, like, 15 kids that she got from various countries around the world. It's like a set of knickknacks, right? Where she's just, like... You know, it's like get it's like a get one from every. It's like Laura and I are doing this thing where we're trying to have food from every country. So we got a little map at home and a little thumbtacks. You know, so you're just like kid from Norway, kid from uh, uh, you know, what is it? Uh, what was it? Nairobi? What was that country? Namibia, Nambeba, Zimbabwe, whatever that place was. So you get the feeling that Madonna is sort of as she always does, not really leading uh, the crowd anymore. She's not ahead of the curve. She's following the curve. And the she's curve... totally copying Angelina Jolie. It's kind of embarrassing. Things. The question is, why can't she adopt a child from Cleveland? Well, that was actually mm-hmm. going to be my next question. They're designer babies. It's One sad. from every state. Exactly. That was going to be the question I asked, which is... I didn't want us to be very delicate. I'm not saying that one child is more deserving of love uh, than another. I mean, nobody's saying that. But no. it, really, it just seems like if your goal is to immediately get a kid out of poverty then the goal should be to immediately get the kid out of poverty and not take like right. six months to do it. Right. Which Take any poor kid and just pressure wash them down and they're all set to go. 
or that, sure. Because, I mean, it's like, the, the thing with Madonna, she's been, like, in and out of the court a whole bunch of times about this. And meanwhile, the kid is just, uh, you know, sitting there, and then nobody knows what the fate of it's going to be. And, I mean, adoption takes forever in America anyway. And they just, you know, you got to assume it's a factor of five if you're doing it in any other country. So it does seem like that is sort of the prima facie evidence that the goal isn't really to help the kid. Uh, the goal is to make Madonna look more cosmopolitan. So, but that's not going to happen anyway. Never home the, uh, to take care of a kid. No, she's not. Seriously, so she's basically getting kids for her maids. She's well, out Guy maintaining. Ritchie got sick and tired of cleaning up after those kids. She's out maintaining her gristly physique. <laughs> it's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Ahead, morning preparatory services as well as news from Tim Riley. Later on, Bo Breedlove joining us in the studio. Uh, Aaron Duran from GeekInTheCity.com. You stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. <laughs> Broadcasting in ADHD. Oh, look at Bird. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101. KUFO, thank you for joining us. It is Friday. Coming up uh, in the next hour, Aaron Durant from Geek in the City will be here. We'll talk about Fast and the Furious. And then in the 8 o'clock hour, uh, Bo Breedlove will be joining us here on the Rick Emerson Show. It's 503-733-2970. Piles of stuff to get through here. We'll have more uh, news from Tim Riley in one moment. So going into uh, this last break, in the last segment we were playing, something from this show prep service. We don't need to play it again. No, it's the the giggle box. See, but I and I yeah. We need to let's just call it lots of laughs. And every time I hear that sound effect that you just played, it does sound for all the world like a guy has got like imagine if I, it's like you know what it sounds like it sounds like one of those little flip books. It doesn't even really sound like flatulence so much as it sounds like somebody has got a, a stack of three by five cards and they're kind of doing that thing of like putting their uh, their thumb through it or whatever. I mean, I. My whole thing is, what did they even use to create that sound? I know what it's supposed to... It does to... sound like a flip book at the beginning. It's supposed to sound like a... Jack the Ripper. Yes. Because uh, nothing says uh, morning comedy like gas, apparently. But it's so clearly... Who wants to listen to fart sounds in the morning? That no would just one. gross me out. The answer is no one. I get so like put off by things really easily. Like, if I'm trying to drive to work and listening to that crap... And can I tell you that that is actually... The... That would be great on Max 910. You'll... Nothing was great on Max Talk 910, Tim. Um, the, you will know that that station uh, no longer exists. So I think that perhaps... I noticed uh, that. I think maybe they misprogrammed uh, that station. But you will notice that's one of the uh, schools of comedy that we tend to stay away from almost entirely on the show because it's because it's just not funny and it's never done well. So this morning prep service, had uh, lots of laughs, has that. It has uh, pages and pages of sort of terrible, uh, just like bland, bleached out uh, jokes for you to use if you don't have your own comedy. And then it's also got some other prepared humor. Sarah, what else? Uh, what I'm trying might to find. To to? Let's see. I'm going to find today's lots of laughs. Do we have? Uh, yesterday there was a. Uh, we played a an installment of little. What is it? Little puppet. Yes, um, little puppet. All right. So we will have that around the mm-hmm. corner. Uh, let's uh, go to the news desk with Tim Riley, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> In the news with Tim Riley. Guess how stupid do they think they are? The father and son accused in the violent beating of a man in rural Scandinavian County went to court. So now the lawyers want us to believe that the dad, 33-year-old Michael David Collins, is bipolar. And his son, Tevin, who is 16, is a meth baby. What does it say about me that I just instinctively believe the second part, although I have questions about the first part? 
So anyway, uh, so the mother of the guy and the grandmother were in the courthouse. And one said, I think he should be evaluated mentally. I know for a fact he was a meth baby. They don't think normal. Does it say at any point where the mom is? So there's the father oh, and son good crime question. duo. Mm-hmm. And then the grandmother is there. The mom, however, nowhere to be seen. That's a good question. And this is where this is. I keep thinking everything is in Salem today. Stevenson, but, Washington. Okay, Stevenson, Hi, Washington. Hi, I'm Hale. Sorry, that was me. All right. Sorry. Uh, so this is from Stevenson, Washington. And I really would strongly urge everybody, by the way, to check out K2's website where they've got a photograph of this woman. And just the hair on her is not to be believed. It does look, it looks like somebody took a wet ball of yarn and glued it to the front of her head. And then in the back, it's like she had, it's like someone else's hair altogether has been sort of uh, stitched on the back of her skull. It's an altogether unpleasant look. I mean, maybe the worst hair I've seen in some time. I'm just saying that as, as, a, as, a, as a news station, you know, we're simply, uh, we're simply broadcasting these uh, opinions, our bloviations, one might say. Here's Tim Riley. So anyway, i got to come up with a video for this because it, it must be too good to be true. I guess it was on K2 yesterday. Let's see here. So anyway, the uh, mom said, they've been up in the woods for nine days. Maybe desperation, lack of food, lack of something. I don't know. Oh, I think I have the story. So here. the explanation that the grandmother is giving in rural Scamania County, they were in court again today. And so were their family members. They talked to K2's Brian Barker and told him what they think should happen to the suspects. Good afternoon. The mother of Michael Collins and grandmother of Tevin Collins, his co-defendant, just spoke with me here uh, in court this morning, and she's just very upset. She says that the two are guilty of what they're accused of doing, attacking that man in the woods not far from here. Michael Collins and his son Tevin walk into a courtroom to face a judge and plead not guilty. And so this is the grandmother that's going to uh, just last week, weigh in here. Fugitives yeah. in Mexico accused so of attacking they're, they're Robert showing Tracy being, uh, as he's skied alone in the woods and leaving him for dead. My heart goes out to Mr. Tracy and the pain he suffered. And um, it's impossible to get a fix on this woman's age. My son caused that pain. I mean, and my grandson. She could be 40, she could Althea be 80. Sutton is Michael Collins' mother and Tevin Collins' grandmother. She says Tevin spent much of his teens in and out of Tevin looks like jail. bad news. I think that he should be evaluated mentally and I know for a fact that he was a meth baby. I've heard different things about people that have been on meth that they don't think normal. No, they don't have. No, they don't. Compassion like normal people have. They don't. They don't. They don't think normal. At some point, the best part here is how she's talking about the kid being a meth baby, and then kind of glosses over the fact that uh, that the dad, who's thirty three, yeah. was there, uh, presumably aiding in the uh, in the beatdown. Yeah, I have no read on that woman's age. She's she's the mother and grandmother, of course, simultaneously. Because you know why not? Um, but it's it's like it's. She she kind of has that that weird sort of ageless thing where the uh, the wrinkles are throwing you off. It's sort of difficult to get a fix. All right, here's Tim Riley at the news desk. Lindell Toplin likes his meatball sandwiches a certain way. That's the inescapable conclusion from a bizarre incident in which police say a 50-year-old West Philadelphia man became so enraged he attacked his 44-year-old fiancé with a kitchen knife. The woman's middle finger was nearly severed, requiring 23 stitches. It said Toplin was upset the cheese was not properly placed on that meatball sandwich. 
There's just people walking around every single day waiting for a reason right. to go crazy. No, he doesn't. He must have been a meth baby. No, he don't. Meatball yeah. baby. He don't. And you can tell he's trouble because his, you, it's the name is just, we really, I mean, we're talking so much about Bo Breedlove. Like, well, the, the, you know, the name Bo Breedlove seems destined to, I mean, that, that's a question we should ask him. Do you feel that this was just fated to happen? When your parents named you Bo Breedlove, do you feel like your, your, you know, your destiny was already set in stone? But Lindell, whatever his name is. Lindell Toppin. You can tell uh, that he was going to end up in the news at some point for for something like this, because that's the sort of a name that comes out real easily in a sentence like, Lindell! Lindell Toppin, you get in here just now! <laughs> uh, you know, before he goes after somebody with a claw hammer about his, quote, uh, meatballs not being cheesed right. That's fantastic. I think that he should be evaluated mentally, and I know for a fact that he was a meth baby. Whatever you do, go on television and announce uh, you, that he was a meth baby to the entire world. I'm My sure, family boasts a meth baby. I'm, sh- <laughs> I'm sure he'll forgive you for that. He almost certainly won't take vengeance on you for saying that on television later. All right, let's do uh, one more here, and then we'll uh, hear some of, uh, some of the lots of laughs comedy that Sarah has uh, wrangled up for us this morning. Somebody said no to Madonna in a third world country. She will not be allowed to adopt a second child for Malawi. That's uh, Southern Africa's... Uh, well, one of those Southern Africa countries. Or it's in the South African continent. No, Africa's a continent. Well, never mind. It's one of those African places. I'm just standing over here, by the way, not saying anything. It is not clear whether Madonna will try to appeal against the ruling. Her lawyer was not immediately available. Malawian uh, civil society groups oppose the adoption attempt, and a second human rights activist says it would amount to child trafficking. Does she already have the one kid that she adopted from somewhere else? Is that what we figured I think so, out? Yeah. yeah, because like the celebrities all kind of conflate together in my head. But you were totally right when you said the guy Richie just had it is like one diaper too many and just yeah. bolted from that place. So wasn't it the son that he described? He said that uh, he said that having relations uh, with Madonna was like it was like making love with a piece of gristle. Yes. That's a that's a sort of thing that because I did notice uh, I should say to be fair when I saw this article yesterday about Madonna getting told no the court told her to to, to get bent about this. I saw a photo where she did actually look pretty decent. She didn't look all uh, weathered and uh, leathery like she often does. So I suspect that maybe there's a uh, she's had a little of the right work done because for so long it's just been it's been the wrong kind of body uh, revamp for her. All right, Sarah, what have we from lots of laughs today? Right, I picked the best out of them. Um, this is going to be Little Puppets Mexican Word of the Day. So this is a uh, prepared comedy that, and we will not identify the service by name. So but it's a little language lesson. There is, yes, it is, Tim, and mm-hmm. uh, I would imagine cultural sensitivity as well. Of course. So this is a morning show prep service, uh, and lest anybody think that, because then it sounds like a, it almost could sound like it's a joke within a joke, right? Like we have made up something that is the kind of humor that a bad morning show prep service would offer. That, in fact, is not the case. You have to strip one layer of that away. This is, in fact, just prepared comedy directly from a morning prep service. So if you are uh, an aspiring DJ, but you find that you're unfunny and talentless in every way, don't worry about it. There's somebody sitting at a desk. They will create humor for you. So from the Lots of Laughs prep service, this is uh, Little Puppets. Is, are we using the phone version or the in-studio version? That's what I was just going to ask you. Which one do you want? Let's go with the phone version, Sarah, so we can make it sound as though he's... It'll uh, be more realistic. It's like he's on K2. I was just going to say... All right, you guys, let's get Little Puppet on the like phone. Little Puppet is talking to... Let's welcome now uh, Little Puppet. To th- Natalie, who do you have on the phone? It's Little... It, hello? Hey, Little Puppet. Little Puppet. Hey, horse. 
It's Little Puppet, and today I'm gonna teach you some Spanglish with Little Puppet's Mexican word of the day. Orale! This is for all of you who didn't pay close enough attention in Spanish class, homes. And don't wear your socks pulled up to your kneecaps, homes. Alright, here we go. Today's word is for all of those fools from that other neighborhood, let's say. It's tattle. Here it goes in a sentence so you can understand it Good better. God. That's some nice ink you got there, Holmes. But that ain't my hood, eh? So if I see you walking down the street, Holmes, that tattle get you shot up, eh? Orale, get it? That tattle get you shot up? Because we don't play around here, Holmes. Lord Almighty. Orale, Holmes. This is much funner than Spanish class, que no? Tune in next time to improve your Spanish you skills right. with me, Holmes. Little puppet. And I'm out. A rato. In what? That's so awkward. That's pretty good. In what city do you suppose uh, that this actually uh, it resonates really well as morning Des Moines? <laughs> Will it play in Peoria, Tim? The answer is uh, yes, I would imagine. Should we end on a happy note? Should we wow. end with Nicolas Cage singing a horrible Japanese pinball song in a commercial? Before we do that, I'm just trying to picture what... It's a, you know, it's some little white boy. That's my thing. It's like, don't you wonder who it is that... It, it's like it, a Timmy Ryan. No, it's an Adam. An Adam uh, Adam Thompson. It's an Adam from, Thompson. You're from KUFO. The, you wonder what guy is, is sitting there in the meeting trying to pitch that bit to the comedy service. Where he's going, no, 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 it's, uh, it's funny. See, it's me, but then I have a Mexican accent. And I'm a, I'm a puppet, a, pup, a puppito. Little puppet, that's what I'll be. And then... Uh, and then I'll mention shooting somebody at some point, and it's uh, it's gold. And then they said, "That's fine. We'd love for uh, we'd love for you to create five of these little puppet bits. Can you make one sound like it's on the phone? <laughs> Great, that'd be swell. Who wants to go do nine holes? Great. All right, what are we ending with here? All right, we gotta end on an up note. This is Nicolas Cage uh, playing piano and singing a song about um, a pinball. Now is this a fake Nicolas Cage song? No, no, this is actually a Japanese commercial. That he that he did. All right, so this is Nicolas Cage uh, singing. Which I guess, after doing some research, I found out that Nicolas Cage makes a, a significant amount of his money doing Japanese commercials. I think he does, and I think actually in that fake trailer for Rob Zombie's Werewolf Women of the SS, that's why Nicolas Cage appears as Fu Manchu, because he is notorious for doing uh, a lot of overseas work, specifically mm. in Japan, where he thinks that nobody will ever see it or find it. Wrong! Here's the audio. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Nicolas Cage. My favorite things, my favorite things. Wow. We'll just go First, out. I thought that. he was singing Jankum. I can't <laughs> Sort of like the uh it's like like an art link letter thing. Sort of a uh sort of a stay off Jankum record of a of a later era. Still ahead, Aaron Duran from Geek in the City. I just can't get past the little puppet thing. You've got to. It doesn't even it really go. seem like it ought to exist. It seems like we're beaming radio humor from 1983. Aaron, Geek in the City, Duran around the corner. He will talk about Fast and the Furious later on. Bo Breedlove in the studio. It's a Rick Emerson show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Every top five ever. Go to KUFO.com and waste hours of your precious life. Go to sleep, crazy lady. This is the Rick Emerson Show. KUFO Portland. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO, The Foo Fighters and Monkey Rich, which is a fantastic freaking song, by the way. It is indeed. That is just one of the best things. Did you say groovy? I remember the first time I saw The Foo Fighters, and it's hard to believe that that is over, what, it's got to be a decade old, right? 
It wasn't on the, was it on the, uh, it smells like the 90s, Sarah, was that what we heard? I think heard? so. I think it was, what was it, 97? I don't know, because see, you and I both had the same, and you're going to get more and more of these, by the way, as you get older, and so this is a thing that you will now join Tim and I on, where it was, there was a promo or something playing for Smells Like the 90s, which happens here at 9, right after our show with uh, with Buzz. Oh, no, we heard Everlong, wasn't it? It's same record, though. Aren't they both off the color and the shape? I don't even remember, but the point is, it was, you know, not, you know coming up in Smells Like the 90s, and it was, you know, like... Dude, they came out of 95. No, get out. No. Get you out. are making that up. Mm-mm. Seriously. That came out in 95? Yeah. It's 15 years old, more or less. Oh, wow. All right. Well, that's... And see, now, here's the other thing that you just joined me in doing yesterday. The old person Oh, no, no, thing, no wait. A single came out in 95. Sorry, 97. Not that it's any better. That's I, still 12 years. But, but yeah, the thing is, you're already underestimating when, you know, how old something is. That's the other, uh, the mark of advancing age is when you go, well, what was that? That was uh, five or six years ago. Grandma was 1942. Oh, it was just uh, last week and I had an onion on my belt. And then you, you realize it was like 60 years ago. The, also, when you become an old person, everybody looks really, really, really young to you. Like when you say, well, what do you mean you're a lawyer? You don't even look old enough to be in long I'm pants. I'm doing that now. Like I'll see you know, the 21 year olds out and I'm just yeah. like, you're 13. You what go, are you doing I, out? I'm, I'm actually 35. I'll need to see your uh, <laughs> license or registration, ma'am. You're, no, you're not. You're making that up. So that's uh, with the Foo Fighters. I remember the first time I saw that video, though, from Monkey Wrench. And I think it was, what, that was just a couple years after the, the Kurt Cobain killed himself. Mm-hmm. That was 94, I think. And everybody just sort of figured that those guys were, you know, they were they were done and gone. And Chris Novoselic, I think, you know, he does some small stuff, but he, I don't think he ever really aspired to reach those levels of of, of stardom again. But Dave Grohl, man, you got to give it to that guy. Dave Grohl could have easily ended up as just a footnote. I mean, even though he's immensely talented, he is. He's. Have you ever seen? Um, have you ever seen that classic albums episode where they, it's all about Nevermind? And I'm not like the biggest Nirvana fan, but they do this thing. Uh, Tim, have you seen the classic albums on VH1? Yes, I have. You can, uh, yeah, you can get it on DVD. It's, it's like a behind the music, but it's just for one record. They did one for Queen's Night at the Opera. There's one for Bad Out of Hell. There's one for, uh, I think Paddock was telling me there's one for Transformer, which is the, uh, the Lou Reed record. And they do one for Nevermind, and they get Butch Vig, who's the, the producer, he's in there, and he's kind of pulling down, he's, you know, he's got all of the, he's at the control board, and he's got all the different tracks, you know, the drum tracks, guitar tracks, bass, vocals, and he does this thing of fading some of the tracks out, so you can hear the background vocals. You know what I did not realize? On Nevermind, Dave Grohl does all the background vocals, all the harmonies. Those are all Dave Grohl. Kurt Cobain couldn't do his own harmonies, not surprisingly. So Dave Grohl stepped in. So he's not only drumming, not only is I believe he's second guitar on some parts, but he's actually doing all the backup vocals. Anyway, and so then I remember sitting, I was watching MTV uh, back when we all watched MTV, and they said something like, blah, 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 Dave Grohl, the Foo Fighters, and I, and I, I don't think I really tracked what he was doing up to that point. And that song, Monkey Wrench, came on. And it was him in that, in that red room. It was that tiny, small red room, and the guy's looking in the keyhole watching them. And it just, man, it was like it just came out of the screen and kicked you in the head. It was just unbelievably good, was, and it still is. Was Everlong the dream? That's what, yeah, one? he's having the dream like, thing where he's like, going, he's like, it has a little army of darkness. And then moment. he has like the axe and... Yeah, it has like an evil dead thing, and then he's walking through the party at one point. So, anyway, well, there you go. That's uh, Tim Riley's working in the following headlines on this Friday morning. A Scapoose politician says, Goose are ruining the state of Oregon. She is forming a task force to decide what to do about them. Blah, 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 Goose, Scapoose. Japan will send robots to the moon. Two New Jersey men are arrested for staging a rash of fake UFO hoaxes using balloons, flares, and fishing line. You know, Tim, normally in New Jersey, they're just staging a rash. <laughs> Holmes. A baby giraffe is born. 
The X-Men Wolverine movie is leaked online. Hundreds of thousands watch. Let's back up one story. <laughs> a baby giraffe is born. Yes. Okay. It's a tease. It's Somewhere a was a, a dog born? Somewhere did a guy put some jam on his toast? More people would rather visualize a giraffe than a dog. I'm just saying... That's what a consultant told me once. I, really? really? Is that true? Did a consultant actually... Wait a minute. In what context would that conversation have even taken place? I don't remember. It was it was done at a steakhouse, though. Tim, I tell you something about radio people, right now. People are afraid of cities. People don't like uh, people don't like dogs. They like giraffes. It doesn't make any sense. Why would a radio consultant be talking about giraffes? It, was because the giraffe they fly all these people in to say all these things, and then they leave and ruin your life? <laughs> the, I'm able to ruin my life all by myself. Thanks. I don't need any consultation for that. The but. Uh, so a radio consultant, of course, is supposed to sit there and uh, and listen to your show and then d- d- tell you how Breathe to... Breathe life into liners. Take phone calls. Do not take phone calls. Take phone calls. Do not take phone calls. Talk talk about the weather. No one cares about the weather. But was was the giraffe representing something? Was the giraffe like music or was the giraffe like telling the time twice an hour? What was the giraffe in the story? I don't know. He would just spit out lines and people would sit there listening admiringly. Did he, he say things God. like this? Here's a, here's a radio <laughs> consultant thing. Did the radio consultant say things like... And if you do this, you're going to find that over time, I would say if you get like a four-book average, you're really going to see your tertiary skew I- increase, both in AQH uh, and uh, and QM. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of nod and go, um, look, is this all on your tab? Because I haven't eaten in a few days, and I could use another salad. And then everybody would cry. In mere moments, we'll welcome uh, Aaron we're Durant. from, from uh, Anderson City. Cooper to Richard Quest. And we got to get that. We got to the Anderson Cooper Richard Quest thing. It's the best thing ever. And when I, I saw it last night. I, I got to find it when I get in the morning, and I did. And see, and I've kind of fallen into this habit the last few days, not watching Anderson Cooper nearly as much as I should. I got to get back. That's what happens when you miss it. See, he brings see out him. Richard Quest. And I think we have the audio from uh, my appearance on K2 uh, this morning. So we'll, uh, so we'll get to that as well. All right. Straight ahead, Aaron Duran from geekinthecity.com. Uh, we'll talk about fast and is it. It's, I think they dropped the thes. I think it's just Fast and Furious. Fast and Furious. <laughs> so we'll do, we'll do that. Uh, Tim Riley has news. It's all straight ahead. Bo Breedlove coming up in the 8 o'clock hour. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Rick Emerson Show returns. Roads? Where we're going, we don't need roads. This is Rock 101 KUFO. the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. It is Friday morning. Coming up later on in the program, we will talk to Bo Breedlove. He'll be, uh, and when I say talk to, I mean sitting right next to. He'll be just a foot and a half away from me. Uh, that will be later on in today's show. It'll be in the 8 o'clock hour. Uh, we're just ahead of news with Tim Riley and uh, more of your phone calls. It's 503 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Two nine seventy. Uh, somebody asked me, by the way. Uh, welcome, uh, Aaron Geek in the City, uh, Durand of the show here in like ten seconds. Somebody asked me if during the Bo Breedlove thing, if we're going to be taking calls. I think the answer is yes, in the sort of overarching kind of theoretical sense. I mean, who knows how many we're going to get to? So it's, uh, but yeah, we will be taking calls for Bo Breedlove, and then we'll try to. Uh, it's going to be a big, busy restaurant. So it's don't expect uh, prompt service. Exactly, <laughs> Tim, because no one wants to eat in a restaurant where you get seated right away. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Radio Show from geekinthecity.com, our good friend Aaron Duran. Hello there. Hola. How are you? <laughs> Hello, little Aaron. Aaron Ito. <laughs> Aaron Ito? I, uh, or whatever. That makes you sound like a judge. Whatever the... Uh, <laughs> judge Aaron Ito. The dancing Aaron Itos. <laughs> uh, I got this great email here. We were playing that morning, this morning show prep, and people... I already got one email from a guy who thinks that we created the little puppet bit 
as a way to sort of goof on prepared comedy that morning shows use? And the answer is no, it actually does. And we're not going to identify the prep service. We're just calling it lots of laughs. But it is a real radio morning show prep service that it's like if you have none of your own wit or comedy, they'll give you some. And let's not have any illusions about this. The comedy and wit they're going to give you is bad. But I suppose it's better than nothing. So if you're doing uh, like the Larry, Gary, Mary and Terry and Barry show and just none of you are amusing at all, they'll give you at least something to say. And in this case, by something, I mean a really odd and I would say borderline offensive bit with a guy uh, teaching Should you play like a second of it. How to so- quote speak Mexican. Yes, do it just a little bit of the. Uh... Hey, Hans, it's little puppy, and today I'm gonna teach you some Spanglish. With, I mean, uh, who's the love of God? This email says Rick about little puppet. For some reason, whenever that hilariously bigoted bit comes on, I envision some guy recording the sound through a through a bandana bedecked Latino puppet, a la Joe Bluth and Franklin. Oh yeah. I just cannot picture a person who is not an amateur ventriloquist recording that all by themselves in a studio. Humor that bad has to have originated through the mouth of a soulless talking doll. Yes, you are right, sir. All right. Hello, Aaron Durant. It's not easy being poppy. Please. Okay. Please don't do that. Uh. I don't even know if it's Fast and... Is it The Fast and The Furious? No, it's no. Like the Batman and Batman. Or they're Willamette resetting Week the, the Willamette Week. <laughs> much like Batman Begins, they are resetting the Vin Diesel franchise. You shouldn't ever compare it. It is now Fast and Furious. Now, he was gone because this is the fourth movie. Okay, hold on. Uh, fast and Furious. The Fast and the Furious. Too Fast, Too Furious. Uh, Tokyo, Tokyo Drift. Drift. Yeah. Why do I know that? God. And he's at the end of and Tokyo then, Drift, by the way. Yeah. If you watch Tokyo, not that I have, but if theoretically speaking, you were to watch Tokyo Drift, the third Fast and the Furious film, Vin Diesel is in the final scene. He shows yes. up at the end. He's like the Sam Jackson. Yeah, totally, exactly. So yeah. you knew he was going to come back at some yeah, point. Yeah, and then I, did they do a fourth one? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. But yeah, this is the, the fourth or the, the starting over. Mm-hmm. They are no longer racing for pinks. They are now racing to bring down drug lords. And they're no longer waiting even like 20 years before they reboot an entire franchise. <laughs> they're just going to do it about every seven and a half years like clockwork now. Yeah, pretty much. Um, it, I mean, it's exactly what you see on the screen. I mean, if you dug fast, the, the Fast and the Furious, you're going to... I guess dig this one. I mean, is it? Here's a dumb. It's lots of room, room, and explodies, and you know, women shaking their money makers. But yeah. is it PG thirteen? Yeah. All right. So, so, so that's what I mean. So you're not even. So they're not even really shaking their money makers all that much. They're just sort of shaking the money. It's like a. I don't even know what I was going to. It's use like, like a, a USA Up All Night movie, but with faster cars, with less Ronda Shear, awesome. yeah, uh, and no Gilbert Gottfried. So it's the same title, more or less. It's the same star. Is it that same Paul? Stars, they brought them all back. All the same. Vin Diesel, Paul Rudd, Michelle Rodriguez, and the other girl. Because one, you can never get enough Michelle Rodriguez. By the way, that's uh, boy, that's. Did you say Paul Rudd? Isn't his name? I don't know. No, No, that's a different guy. But my question is this: about if it's all of the same elements, the same title, the same actors, are is it in fact the? And I don't mean figuratively the same plot. I mean, is it literally the same plot as the film, or is it just? You know, or are they just using the name and the actors to kind of get people to see the fourth one? I think they're just using the name and the actors, and they all kind of still do the same thing. But now they're kind of like the A team. In what? In what way? Um, in that they are. And then they to, fake their deaths at one point to. Yeah, uh, and they bring down. They bring down the bad guys, but they're also just on the edge of the law. Oh, I see. Are they antiheroes? Yeah, they much. play fast and loose with the rules. Antiheroes and a souped-up civic. Wow. Okay. Again, like the A-Team, where at one point they were taking Melinda Kulia's, uh, 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 her Le Car, yes. and they were turning her Le Car into some sort of rocket-powered dynamo. All this movie needed was uh, Murdoch and Sacco to lead the team, and it would have yeah, been genius. That's what I'm talking about. So that's Captain the, Cab. Sadly enough, that's the big Captain Cab. Yeah, that's my favorite A-Team episode, with the Lone Star Cab Company.
Wait a minute. Was uh, hold on. So there was, did he Murdoch have a sock? But was the sock puppet named Socko? Yes. Because, of course, when I do Outlook Portland, uh, which are Sundays on the CW, when I do Outlook Portland, if we it's a you know it's a panel show where you talk about like the smoking ban or uh, you, know, you talk about uh, like the the soccer stadium and you get people on different sides of the issue. So if we ever can't get anybody on the opposite side of the issue, I just stick a, a sock on my hand and I draw eyes on it and it becomes Socko. Yeah. So we had like Socko the Prohibition puppet to debate the guy from the marijuana law place, and we had. Uh, Sacco, the family values puppet. He debated Byron Beck about gay marriage. Um, and then it, I thought I sort of came up with that. No. And then some, but see, Joni, uh, my friend Joni DeRoshi pointed out that, uh, Mick Foley, Mick Foley the wrestler, <laughs> his whole deal is that he's crazy. That's like his shtick. And he has a sock named Sacco. But are they both from the A team? Probably, yeah. Well, everything comes from the A team. Captain Cab. Everything. Shut up, fool. I ain't talking to no sock. Everything does, in fact, come from the mind of Stephen J. Cannell. Is that mm-hmm. the big opening this weekend, Fast and Furious? Please tell me there's something bigger and better. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. All right, more from Aaron Duran in just a moment. This is Tim Riley at the News Desk. In the News with Tim Riley. Well, it's a bold Breedlove block party weekend. More about that in just a minute. But first, traffic and just around PIR, they're having a big deal over there. It's the auto swap meet. Traffic is expected to be highly congested in that area all weekend. Yay. It, yay. So if you're heading uh, over to the Cove, expect the I-5 to be clogged. They're recommending that you take Max, but that might be tough if you buy like a transmission and try to carry it home. So that's the uh, auto swap meet. Do you ever see somebody who's trying to take public transportation and they clearly didn't really think the plan through all the way to the end and they've got like a freshly purchased polar bear or something yeah. and they're trying to get it home and there's just... And then you see them sometimes, occasionally, like I would be at the, 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 the sort of like sitting, you know, the bus just far in the back that you can't hear the conversation, but you can see the person trying to get onto the bus carrying like a, the massive uh, series of bags or sacks or something and arguing with the bus driver. And you just see a lot of like overly articulated hand gestures as the uh, disagreement is taking place. Or, or if they just got laid off and they're carrying one of those square white boxes and then they have their printer and their laptop and <laughs> yeah. you know that they didn't drive the car today Aww. and weren't expected to lose their job and they have to bring it all home on the max. I have no idea what that feels like. Oh, yeah. We should uh, point out, did that just happen to somebody in this room? And by somebody, I mean Aaron Duran. <laughs> yes, it does. So, if, yeah. Were did you, you have that to carry guy? everything home on public transportation? Uh, yeah, I was. Uh, Good thing you didn't ride your bicycle. I know. Whatever I couldn't pack, they actually, uh, they spent, they FedEx overnight to me. Really? Yeah. Just to get it all resolved as quickly as possible. Well, there's something to be said for that. I mean, yeah. the, you, know, they, you don't have to come back and make multiple trips. Right. The, the walk of shame, like, boom, boom, boom. But it probably wasn't a job that you wanted anyway. Not really, no. So, no one wants this job. When did that, that job? When did that happen? Last week. All right. Well, see, so good to see you're moving on. You're oh, yeah. no longer bitter about it. The, but you, you were totally right about that, though, where you do have, and it's never actually sufficiently resolved. Sometimes you ever do this where somebody at your work will be fired and they have like an office or they have a lot of stuff because they've been there for a substantial period of time. And I, I myself, I try to be rather Spartan about everything. I, I try not to. that I can't carry in a black bag. That, exactly. <laughs> Don't ever bring anything that you can't get in, home in one trip. Uh, I actually moved offices a while back. I used to be upstairs and then I moved downstairs to an office on this floor of the building. It's not as nice. No, it's not. But here's, the th- here's why it's not as nice. Repainted 60s paneling. And I took that as an opportunity to move any number of boxes home to my basement so that, uh, you know, uh, I'm just saying... In when the time of cleansing arrives. In some crazy alternate reality where radio's a little unstable and I might be asked to leave and not return, I can get it all home in the trunk of my car. One no, trip. the instability has ended. 
Uh huh. Really? Yes. I remember when we said that. Uh, I remember we said that last year too. I'm glad it looks like things are done changing. Make what? sure I get all my teeth filled before the end of December. <laughs> there is. What is the? It's like maxing out a credit card if you have cancer. You know what I mean? Like if you. What are they gonna do? If you yeah, if you feel like you're probably gonna get the sack. You know what? Uh, you find out what your insurance. Even if it's things you don't need. You know, if Rick Emerson wants a hysterectomy. Well, okay, I guess. You know, just to try to use up everything I possibly can. One colon cleansing, please. Here's Tim Riley. So anyway, I was watching the television about an hour television? ago. Television? Carl Click and uh, Natalie Marmion, who do the morning news on K2. And much them. to my surprise, they were interviewing someone we all know in this room. Well, who might that I be? I don't know. I mean, Let's hear the sound. I'm sorry. That was me. I fired that accent. So this is uh, so this is K2. You this sounded is, like shiny when you were talking there. It's about an hour and uh, 10 minutes ago. And I was on uh, with Carl and Natalie at K2 because Bo Breedlove is going to be joining us here on the show later on. And... This is about the last, I don't know, probably like, like 60, 80 seconds, some of that. And I think what has led up to this, I think this starts with my answer. It, 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 Natalie, I think at one point raises the issue. She says, uh, well, a lot of people say that it's about the lie. It's not about the, the sex, you know, the, the Bo Breed love thing. And I think this is my response about it sort of being a, like a post Bill Clinton uh, world. So this is, uh, this is me on K2. Well, I would say that, I mean, let's be honest, we live in a post-Bill uh, Clinton world, and leaving uh, ideology and uh, wherever one stands on the political spectrum, if you leave all of that at the door, uh, it would be my assessment that in America in 2009, so professional. if people yeah. are really honestly uh, asked to be surprised uh, when a politician uh, finds himself in some sort of a sex scandal, I, I just think it's a... It's a little, it's a little naive. I think we've sort of lost the right uh, to be shocked at that, at that sort of a thing. I, people don't have to uh, approve, but I think the idea that it's going to sort of just uh, come out of the blue at you, uh, the, the, you know, the politician was uh, something less than forthright, and it seems, uh, seems a little insincere. Rick, is anything off limits? I, I know you mentioned that uh, Breedlove and his people are, are you can always about tell TV, it's got the echo magazine. Sound. Mm-hmm. There is this investigation going on uh, by the state justice department. Uh, anything you can't ask? Um, there have been, you know, been, been some uh, discussions early on about what we're going to cover, what we're not, and obviously there are things that uh, that Bo himself cannot talk about. There are a lot of things that maybe he would wish to skirt over a little bit and maybe uh, avoid to some degree, but uh, I'm going to compensate for that with my uh, superior cunning and guy. Okay. Well, we're going to be there to take a look. And so, Such Rick, we appreciate you joining us live on your show and on our show at the Carl same time. Carl tags it with the best thing and, ever, though. Carl uh, Click we'll does We'll be interested to see how the interview Wait goes for it. today. It's at 8 o'clock on KFO, the Rick Emerson Show. Uh, as many of his listeners call it, the best show ever. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, that's, cool. that's right. Carl Click. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, that's right. so cool. Carl and I'm kind of starstruck right now. Yeah. How great is it? I'm going to excerpt by that, him, by the way. You. Oh, no, we're going <laughs> to. <Yes. laughs> Sorry. We're all you to you, really? Because I, yeah, because I thought it was me for a second. I thought you were all like because people are still getting to know us if they don't know us, and that would sound weird if I'm just like, hi, Rick, I'm starstruck by you. Yeah, everyone here lives in fear of me. They <laughs> that guy uh, does sound cunning. They don't even, uh, they don't even like to look me in the eye. Actually, no, you so. sounded really good. I'm, I'm glad that 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 went so well. I was trying so hard to what sound a good representation. Of well, because show. you realize that probably, you know, I mean, you know. This is, this is, any number of the people who are watching K2, I mean, you know, probably a good chunk of them maybe know who we are or have heard the show, but some of them maybe don't. And then they have that big Max Headroom picture of you. Oh, yeah. So what what did they have? I say asking more about me. What would, what did they have on the screen when when my voice was on K2? Was it like the Peter like Arnett your, in Baghdad thing where it's the photo? It was a head full of hair shot. It looked like you were a paper doll and they cut you off at about here. Like my waist? Like stuck you on a, yeah, on the thing. It was. I think it's your like your profile picture on. Oh, is it the uh, is it the black it's and white shot that they use in the conversation? It's like really picture. serious because it's it's a, such a contrast with the way you sounded. Oh, I see. You know, because you look so stoic and serious in the picture. But I sound full like, of pep. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so it was just, and then uh, and then that was on the screen. So it is sort of because in my head, it's always like 
it's always like Bernie Shaw or Christiana Mampour or something where like the, the shelling is continuing outside the hotel in Kuwait. I can see flames, uh, you know, and then then but on the but, but it then showed it's the you file a lot. Photo. It showed you as much. It, it would be like like Bo Breedlove, Bo Breedlove, Sam Adams, Rick Emerson. It's like I cannot turn away. I must stare with the picture. <laughs> was it hypnotic, Tim? It you was. were like the great Oz. I like the idea that I was. I was going to say sandwich between, but you know what it's I mean. Like, the idea that it, next on the BTN. <laughs> That is Sam Adams, Sam Adams, Sam Emerson. Oh. oh, wow. You know, I, uh, I'm i kind of impressed at that, actually. You should write for a morning prep service. <laughs> maybe, uh, you know, maybe do your own variation on the on the Pepe the Puppet or whatever his name is. You you should do your... <gasps> I think we should. We need to start our own prep service. OMG, you are completely right about yes, that. Yes, you could yes, be yes, Mickey yes. the Drunk. Because stereotypes uh, in your Irish. Because you drink Mickey's wide mouth. No, it's... Moving on. Oh. The, the, I'm just saying you should do like, but you could do like a, like a, like whatever. Be a drunken the, slut? <laughs> Don't answer, excerpt that. The answer from the audience no, is a resounding friend. yes, Sarah. We could do a, we could do an instant poll right now. Who would be spoken to by Natalie Marmion? <laughs> Probably not. Uh, uh, joining us on the phone now, drunken slut, Sarah. <laughs> Sarah? Is, I'm not talking about me. I'm and then about, the like, photo is you just sort of I thought I'd get to, to play like, like Nikki That's Boobs a lot. As a character. <laughs> Nikki Boobs a lot. As a character, yes, you should totally do that. We should create whatever, then, like the girl version of of the little puppet guy would be. All right, and then what would you be? You have to be something too. I'd be. Uh, you have to do some kind of white trash thing. That's what I was thinking. Where I'm yeah. like, where my name is like Skeeter or yeah. whatever. And so I'm go around back. Uh, where's he? Give me some of them fish sticks or something or whatever. Uh, and then Tim would just be snooty. Yes. All right. Here's Tim Riley at the news desk. Second best thing in this newscast is Anderson Cooper and Richard Quest in London. Yeah. They're commenting about Michelle Obama touching the back of the Queen. Is that really a breach of protocol? Not a bit of it. The Queen ain't going to be worried. There was a famous incident of an Australian prime minister that did shove her down the line, a greeting line once. But, you know, put it this way. It's not as if Michelle Obama got behind her and shoved her out the door <laughs> right. or did something like that. You know, it's, it's quite acceptable. It's, it's, quite not, acceptable. It's, it's not necessarily... The Queen rolls with the punches. Absolutely. She's been... The Queen rolls with the punches is a phrase that's never been used before by anybody. <laughs> Boy, Anderson Cooper, I'm so uh, filled with loathing that I missed that. And I don't even think it's on the TiVo because I think... On TiVo, you do this thing where you uh, you set up all your season passes, which is basically recurring recordings, but you rank them in terms of priority, and if there's a conflict, it'll go with the one that's most important to you. And I think that last night there was something, I was like Anthony Bourdain or something that I that I do like, but I but I had no idea because they don't, uh, they didn't put out the, you know, the, the in advance, they didn't tell, they didn't give me ample warning. It was warning. the one night you didn't watch. Damn it, damn me to hell. That's what happens. Uh, boy, did your head just explode when you turned on and it was Anderson Cooper and Richard Quest together? Yes. Paddock had never heard him, and I think probably a lot of people haven't. If you haven't watched CNN religiously for years, and then there was that awkwardness where he vanished about well, eight months after ago. He went to uh, rehab after wandering around Central Park in, in and a G-string with a sex toy or something. No, God, here's here's what it was. Hey, I was telling Paddock about it. I was like, do we have the other Richard Quest sounder? This is the famous. This is just a little uh, a little tiny blurb. This is a little delivery of, uh, by Richard Quest. Right across his posterior. <laughs> just, just like the best thing ever. Um, but he is, despite all appearances, an actual real journalist. He is an actual <gasps> reporter. Oh, oh, I think he's here. Who? I think Bill Reed loves her. That's not Bill Oh, who is that? What you should do is stare out the window at him until he starts to sweat. Everyone stares at us through the window. Oh, no. It's K2. It's K2. Yeah, that's not... 
It's, uh, the well, K2 I didn't think guys, that was him, but okay, I thought yeah. maybe it was one of his people. The K2 guy's <laughs> going to be uh, happy that you confused him with Bo Breedlove, though. <laughs> That's true. That is a compliment. Um, but uh, but Richard Quest is an actual real journalist. I mean, he's a real broadcaster. It's just that he's got this incredibly over-the-top delivery, Anderson, and his huge teeth. And he looks like Tony Robbins, but uh, like sort of more uh, weathered. Um, but they busted him about eight months ago in Central Park. He had cocaine in his pocket, a sex toy hidden in his shoe, <laughs> and he had a rope around his neck going around and around the jewels. Uh, so and he his had, lawyer said he was just looking to get back to his hotel room. Exactly. He had a rope around the store and then going back up around the neck. Uh, and so you may have missed him because he hasn't been – he's been uh, off the television. But he's fine now. Yes. Then we have that uh, UFO staging event. There were several of these. The, the East Coast was in an uproar over all these uh, UFOs, and apparently it was put on by two people. Using balloons, fishing line, and a road flare, they were able to track them down because they posted their videos on the YouTube. I can say if there's a singular, singular word here to describe the actions of these individuals, both in the perpetrating of this particular crime as well as how it got eventually uh, exposed by their posting on the video is, is really, in essence, stupidity. I don't understand, but what, what, was the, what was the scam? What were they doing? These were mysterious red lights flickering all over New Jersey. Well, that's not illegal. Well, apparently they use balloons, fishing line, and a road flare. Oh, that might be a fire hazard. If they have a, yes. a road flare, I guess, at the end of a balloon that you could lose, you could snap, or you could lose it goes into a tree or something. Yeah. All right, I was going to say, it's not really it's not a crime to take advantage of morons. <laughs> they put others at risk. In fact, they knew that there were certain risks both to air flight. They knew there were risks to fire risks associated oh, with that what they sense. were doing. Yeah. And I think clearly now they recognize that even more. Ah, Well, don't do it again, kids. What else is there to do in New Jersey? Uh, really nothing. It's either uh, that or bury people in cement. He's Aaron Duran, ladies and gentlemen. Geekinthecity.com. What is new at Geek in the City uh, this week? At Geekinthecity.com right now, you can find all about uh, the upcoming Stumptown Comics Fest, which is April 18th and 19th. And you can see the teaser for the new CBS Radio Theater. So CBS Radio Theater, by the way, airs on our sister station, 970.am. That is 970 on your AM dial. Or I've 9. heard of that. How do you write that now? Because it used to be AM 970. Do, I, do you put the dot AM or like... D-O-T-A-M. That's actually a good, a good because it makes it look like it's almost like an online thing, which it is. But I actually just write 970, but I uppercase the AM. Oh, so our sister station, uh, formerly AM 970, now just called 970.AM because it's online as well, and that is the web address 970.AM. CBS Radio Theater, which is uh, an hour-long live in-studio radio drama, uh, written by, directed by, starring uh, Portland talent, and uh, this Sunday, uh, Kimmy Waters, which is yep. a sort of d- detective noir thriller thing, and AZ, a brand new episode of AZ, which takes place in modern day but post-zombie apocalypse Portland. Yes, you will never see Portland the same way again. And it's so cool sounding. Thank you. It's so- a lot of fun, and this, uh, yeah, the upcoming AZ wraps up a, a pretty large story arc we had uh, going on, and I'm going to get hate letters about it. Excellent. So that is uh, this coming Sunday, 6 way. to 7, uh, followed by Musicology with uh, Kristen Bowie and Adam Thompson on 970 AM, 970.AM. Aaron Duran from GeekInTheCity.com. Thank, Thank you, sir. you. You're not going to go out on a puppet thing? Never mind. Don't worry about it. Back after this, The Rick Emerson Show continues. More from Tim Riley and Bo Breedlove will be here. You stay there. It's The Rick Emerson Show. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. I have to cover up this copy of Unzipped because I just find it distracting. <laughs> I was just looking at it. I, you know, and here's the thing. I, I wasn't, and I wasn't kind of aware that it wasn't, uh, it wasn't actually out yet. Uh, the actual, the so-called hard copy, the physical copy <laughs> of Unzipped with, uh, this is the thing that Bo Breedlove on the cover, until we were talking to 
Who was it that we were speaking with yesterday? They said it was it was online, but they didn't know they'd seen it was online. It Kelly Clark? I think it was Kelly yeah. Clark from the Wellman Week who said that you know she goes, "Well, nobody's seen the actual issue yet." And then I sort of casually pulled it. I said, eh, "Look at this." It's one I of can't the bring privileges this- of doing a morning show. That's right, Tim. That's uh, that's what comes with the new increased clout of the Rick Emerson Radio Gay Show. Gay porn in the morning. That's what. It's almost hard to believe they Your haven't. Your favorite hits the rest of the day. Honestly, I can't handle like the. <laughs> I've read the Bo Breedlove thing, but the rest of the magazine kind of scares me. Gay porn in the morning. Rock and roll all day. The Rick Emerson Show. And then there'd be like an exploding oh, sound and a laser. I was going to try and find one of my fun sounders. Well, it's a good thing we're not abusing it like jillion dollar technology. Right. It's uh, a Bo Breedlove block party weekend. Incidentally, right, right. I, should, uh, I should say I'm just knocking things over left and right. We're making uh, a room for uh, the fine folks from K2 who are in the studio with us Bright as well. Bright lights. There's more light in here than I'm used to. I have to, uh, I have to stash my toothpaste. I was brushing my teeth this morning and I noticed... Do you have a big pink toothbrush? Why, yes, I do, you? Sarah. Okay, stop it. The, uh, that's, uh, that's pink on pink. That's two shades of pink. You chose to purchase a pink on pink toothbrush. Here's the thing. is The answer to that is no. Uh, I was actually lamenting this to Chris Paddock yesterday. We were sitting in his office being... Chris Paddock and I have this thing where it's like, you put us in a room, that I think probably left to our own devices, each of us has at least some masculine traits, but you put Paddock and I in a room together, and suddenly it's like, it just becomes like a big pecking party. It's a, it's like we're, it's like we're about to like start a stitch and bitch circle and drink chamomile tea. So I was in brushing my teeth and he was having some conversation. I was doing that thing, you know, where he was talking to me and I'm going, uh huh, that's great. And I'm brushing my teeth because I just had like, I don't know, like a, I'd had the, uh, um, you know, like a sandwich or something. And he pointed out that I had this huge pink toothbrush, which is not something I paid. The dentist gave this to me. So the last that time. That seems like too fancy of a toothbrush for dentists. No, have no, no. This is, uh, no, no, no. See, welcome to the uh, world of my dentist downtown. I will not identify them on the air. I'm just going to say that one of the reasons that my dentist is great, they don't give you, it's none of that weird where they're like giving you that toothbrush from China that's made out of lead and sticks. Uh, this is a high quality toothbrush. But when he opened, because they do that thing at the end of every dental visit where they open the drawer and they say, so, uh, are you, would you, would you like a bag of taffies? Uh, where they say this, are you flossing three times? And knowing that the answer is no. But he but says, they, uh, but you always say yes. And then they always give you a toothbrush, which I think is just like, they don't ever want you to have the excuse of like, uh, you know, like, uh, no, I, I, I lost my toothbrush or I sold it for drugs or something. I get floss too. So he doesn't give me floss because I think at this point he knows that that would just be like, that means like tossing it into an incinerator. There'd be no point. But he reaches into this drawer filled with toothbrushes, and there's like 7,000 of them, all shapes, makes, manners, styles, and varieties. And he chooses like the girliest thing he can possibly find, which is, as Sarah uh, noted, it's three different shades of pink, and then it's got these bright green rubbery bristle things. It's very pretty, Rick. So, oh, I thought it just wasn't rinsed. It does. This is sort of, <laughs> I think this is in oh, fact. that's so gross. That's what I was thinking when I saw it. I think this is uh, why we can't. Uh, I think this is why we can't get windows to run properly because the cream of our engineering talent is going into toothbrush design. Because I remember, uh, well, like, it's a crafty Chinese well, again. You remember, this, like a few years ago, there'd be like a toothbrush that just had the regular like white bristles, mm-hmm. and now there's like the rubbery bristles, and then there's this like blue thing at the I end. Have I have the one that has like this pad on the back with like nubs on it that's supposed to like mas- you can massage your gums with. See, but don't you think that's a lie? Yes, it well, just seems fabricated. Doing that, they just tell the dentist they do that. That's right. See, and I yeah. I actually don't brush I at all. This is just a rule. times a day. Here's Tim Riley at the news desk. In the news with Tim Riley. Well, Senator Betsy Scapoose. Actually, her name is Senator Betsy Johnson of Scapoose. Betsy Scapoose. <laughs> says something must be done about the geese raising havoc across our fair state. They're damaging crops, marring parks, and threatening air traffic. She has counted more than 200,000 geese because she has all this time on her hands. Because she's got a very full life, Tim. And well, what's there to do with scapoose besides count geese? And she says these geese are staying all year now instead of just passing through. 
So how would you even done. count two hundred thousand keys? That seems like a thing. With a clicker, I think they use the same thing to count. With a clicker, yeah. is that just like is that is that a default answer that you think sort of works? I thought you might agree and go on. I don't really know. It's like that guy. Do you ever go to the uh, what is it? The John Day Dam or the whatever the dam? The, the, where the, the, there's the guy who sits in the room and he watches the salmon swim by past the red line, and literally he just has to check off on a legal pad every time a fish swims by. He's probably really watching The Simpsons, and every so often he just writes a little one in the column. <laughs> I go, well, because who could buy, like, there's no way to double check that. It's a completely unverifiable. I go there every, like, I don't know, maybe six uh, months or so. Lara and I will go, and we'll watch the guy in a small room looking out into this murky water with a red line watching the salmon swim by. Because you know it's just like a matter of time until his brain cracks into tiny little pieces, and he just begins screaming uncontrollably. And Sooner or later, like, they'll lament something just to scan them. As you're swimming through, some sort of like a yes. like a barcode kind of a thing. So anyway, a task force on geese is being formed, run by Betsy Scapoose. Scapoose. Yeah. No, no, uh, Betsy Johnson of Scapoose. Right. Betsy Scapoose is the world's most unwanted porn star. I have to show you what Betsy Johnson looks like, the fashion de- designer, so you can see how hilarious this is. Do you suppose she looks anything like the women in Scapoose? Probably not. Yes, that would just be my estimation. Yeah. I don't wish to stereotype. Women of Scapoose. Buy the calendar today. Or, you know, don't. Uh, here's Tim Riley at the news desk. Remember the Oregon woman who was pulled over for going 103 miles an hour and told police she was trying to teach her grandson a lesson? Do I ever. Well, it turns out that Sandra Nadi has been working for the DMV for some 21 years. She's also on administrative leave, not because of speeding, because she showed up for work late too many times. Fantastic. She now faces charges of reckless driving and endangerment. And it seems like you really would have to, uh, I mean, you have to really put your nose to the grindstone to make a concerted effort to get fired from the DMV or even, uh, I don't even know if you can be fired, put on administrative leave, maybe. Mm-hmm. I think the government jobs, they don't really fire people as such, they're not even now. But I mean, really to to make a poor impression on people at the DMV must take some doing. I mean, that's almost like, that almost has to be your whole uh, job is just trying to make a bad impression because people expect almost nothing when they go to the DMV. I mean, I think as long as the person behind the counter isn't actually attacking you with a knife or something, I think you it's one in the wind column. I almost saw someone get stabbed the last time I was at the DMV. Really? Mm-hmm. Was it? So the, the people who work at the DMV are stabbing customers? No, no that's, it was one of the customers. Oh, be very clear, that's we not the, to... we're not saying that's <laughs> okay. the case. CBS Radio doesn't wish to imply no, one that. of the customers almost got all stabby because someone cut him in line. It was like the... the so to speak. I'm sorry. It was like... The most effeminate, like, gay man I've ever seen in my life. And he was... In line or behind the counter? No, he was trying to cut this other guy in line, and he had just walked in... Oh, he was in trying to sort of, like, jump And everyone else, including myself, had been waiting over an hour. Oh, you don't want to do that. No, and so this guy's just like... Like, the person called a number, and then nobody responded for a second, all of a sudden he's like, oh, that's me. That's, that's me. The, if there's the lag time of even half a second, mm-hmm. there's always the guy who sees the opening and goes right for it. This, um, this is a thing that does not happen, though, uh, at... Well, I was talking to you the other day about I was uh, I'd stopped by um, the, the my insurance company I was at the pharmacy and I'm sitting there and as I found out later there was like there was a listener sort of sitting about six feet from me and so I'm sitting there and I'm waiting to pick up it's like this uh, this what I'll just say it it's called trazodone and uh, it uh, gives uh, Rick Emerson a full night's rest is what it does but I'm sitting there in uh, the pharmacy waiting room waiting to pick it up. And there's a woman sort of sitting across the way from me who, it, it turns out later, is a listener. And she sent me this great email. She's like, so I was uh, sitting next to you at the pharmacy waiting room, and I thought it was probably best not to come up and talk to you there. I, I hope uh, you're not too crazy or infected or whatever. Anyway, I love the show. But I was sitting there, and they do that thing where they call the number. Mm-hmm. And then there's sometimes the person isn't there, or they've just, you know, they're not paying attention. And there's that little lag time, and you wonder if somebody's going to go up. But nobody does that uh, in the pharmacy waiting room, because you never know if the person you're going to be cutting off is like... 
you know, a little uh, bipolar or a lot bipolar or stabby. Well, it's like that. Yeah, the DMV. I mean, this guy chose to mess with, like, the wrong guys. Yeah, you don't want to do that. Yeah, there was, like, a like a slap mm-hmm. fest. Could have been a meth baby. They don't think right. <laughs> uh, so one more here, and then we will get caught up around the corner. Bo Breed will be in the studio right here on The Rick Emerson Show. This is Tim Riley. A new baby giraffe has been born. This happened at the San Francisco Zoo. He is a male and stands close to six feet tall. He weighs between 100 and 200 pounds. The mother's name is Kristen. The dad's name is Floyd. This is Kristen's third successful birth while in San Francisco. So officials report it took a few hours for the new baby boy to stand on his spindly legs and start running around with its mother. But the baby giraffe will be fine. We'll be keeping an eye on its progress, won't we? That's a water skiing squirrel is what that is. (laughs) The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Just ahead, Bo Breedlove. More from Tim Riley. Your phone calls and more. The Rick Emerson Cavalcade of Amusements continues after this. It's Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. He had two great delusions. One, that he was funny. And two, that he was beloved. On Rock 101 KUFO. The following interview contains subject matter of a newsworthy and mature nature and does not necessarily represent the views and opinions of CBS Radio, its staff, management, affiliates, or advertisers. Listener discretion is advised. It's funny because it's true. It's true. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101, KUFO, and good morning to ye. It is Friday. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. All right, Sarah, any final thoughts, questions, observations, ruminations, ponderings? No, I just met Mr. Breedlove in the kitchen. He you just met him very, in the green room? He has a very sincere, strong handshake. I no, I, I instantly like him. You get a good sense from him? Absolutely, yes, yeah. I'd say he shook my hand, looked me uh, directly in the mm. eye. Yep, same here. And he made a hilarious joke about um, Christine Levine and why she was so peppy this morning, and that made me laugh. It was, a, it was about drugs. <laughs> Uh, it's the Rick Emerson show. Uh, let us now. Uh, you know what? Though, what I did. My initial thought though is he looks a lot younger than I thought he yes, would. Yes, he does. Well, he's. I mean, well, he's twenty. He's 20, 21? 21? I think he's twenty-one, twenty-two. Because like he that. looks very much a man when he's like, you know, he was born in the all together. June twenty-fifth, nineteen eighty-seven. Let's, without further ado, I know that they are in the green room. So let's welcome uh, Bo Breedlove uh, to the Rick Emerson show. He'll be making his way uh, down the hallway here. So you, you thought he looked younger than that in oh, person? Younger? Yes. Oh, yeah. I would say so. Oh, I think also in the layout, I think he's got uh, in unzip. Kind of grizzly. We'll talk more grizzly. about that. Well, he's got the. It's or, like the uh, the the so, shadow. You know, he's yeah. got like the five o'clock <laughs> shadow uh, thing going on. So, uh, let's welcome uh, Bo Breedlove. Bo, we'll have you sit here. Uh, we'll have you uh, around the chair right there, and your headphones are right there, and the the cord goes right down to the bump. Oh, has so, he got the defective you know, chair? Oh, is that the sinky oh, chair? Oh, oh, That's <laughs> right. Hey, what, you, do you want to swap chairs? Too? Use my chair. Here you go. Or we have a stool over here. Too. Actually, are you? <laughs> all right. Let's, uh, it's a surprise chair. Go ahead. And, all right. We'll move the microphone here. Let me know if you want one that's not like a lily pad, basically. Okay. All right. I'm gonna. I'm gonna We're all class here at CBS Radio. Billion dollar technology is what we've got. All right. So just kind of have you stay right up on the microphone there. Hello, Bo Breedlove. How are you? Good. How are you? All right. Is Sarah, is the? Oh, there yeah. There right, you go. There we go. All right. All right. How are you today? Doing good. How are you? Sarah thinks you look uh, much more youthful. You're than very you're youthful. Twenty-one years. Oh, thank you. The twenty-one. Twenty-two. Well, no. Yeah. 21. So you look younger than he did in the in the layout of the um, the publication. Do I look haggard? No, you look oh, amazing. Okay. You look Ted Haggard. No, nah, I'm such a terrible joke. That's that the bad. worst joke. I don't know. I don't even know why those things come into my brain. No. <laughs> no, you look very peppy. Thank you. Like you've been up for a while doing some exercise. Did you work out? Yeah. This no, morning. No, actually, I woke up at like 7.15 to some stupid fruit blender thing playing on the TV and then talking to Christine. Then that was it. Like yeah. an actual, oh, it was like an infomercial sort of yeah. a thing. Was it yeah. the Magic Bullet 2? 
Yes. Yeah, see, I don't want to. It see. was. <laughs> Tell me, I'm not a game day player. And it was so stupid because they have all the people gathered around the island, and there's like the cute new married couple, <laughs> the old woman with her fat gay son. Like it was this. It was really stupid. We're still talking about a blender, right? Are we talking about the same thing here? Yeah. This is a thing that it, it chops up the fruit. I don't yeah. remember. <laughs> I think I've only seen the one where there's the people in the house and. Like there's a whole group of folks that has like spent the night or whatever, and there's no breakfast to be had for anybody. <laughs> and then they go to the refrigerator, and it's just a whole bunch of ingredients that don't make any sense. Uh, and they just cram oh, it all into this thing, and then they cook it into like a, a deal, and everybody eats it, and everybody's happy. Yeah, so, no, I haven't seen that one. Well, thank you for joining us. I think the uh, we had talked about uh, unzipped magazines. We've got, I guess, an advanced copy of it here. And does people, it feel weird of you looking at the cover and then sitting right next to both? It's a little cognitive <laughs> dissonance, actually. It's it's a little odd. Um, people will be able to uh, to uh, get this magazine, this unzipped, and they'll be able to get it signed as well. Uh, that is happening at Fantasy for Adults Only, the downtown location. That is tomorrow, Saturday, tomorrow from 5 to 6 p.m. And it's uh, the downtown location right there at 15th and Burnside. That is happening at 15th and Burnside downtown tomorrow uh, from 5 to 6. And I think it actually does say at one point, it says that you'll be signing uh, copies of the magazine or anything else that will hold a Sharpie imprint. So, Oh, oh well... <laughs> I don't know well, if you what were, the uh, hell. Just go for it. I don't know if you were appraised of that fact, but uh, just FYI, so you're sort of. Oh, okay, okay. Right. How I'll, did, I'll bring gloves. I, I have to ask. I've used this a, a jillion times, probably already. But Bo Breedlove just sounds impossibly perfect for a name. There's just there's no way that that can be a real name. Is that the name on your birth certificate? Yeah, it is. In fact, Bo, yeah. is Bo is that a nickname it's or is just, that a middle no, name? No, it's just Bo B E A U. What you is know, your my, my middle name's Ellis. Bo Ellis Breedlove. Yeah, it's a great name. Do you feel like you just ought to start writing uh, like romance novels or something with that name? I mean, it's... yeah, or directing porn. I mean, one of the two. One of the two. Yeah, Breed Love Productions. I always thought that that would kind of you know. Well, you could probably multitask. There's no reason you can't oh, do I well. Know. There you do go. All. Do you feel like with, with I think I was talking to my wife about this, and she said, you know, with the name Bo Breed Love, he was just he was destined for scandal uh, at some point because it uh, it uh, it does seem to be a name that lends itself to uh, to that. Um, Did you get a lot of uh, flack for that name growing up that people? No, the only time I ever remember like getting crap for it was, um, I think in second grade, <laughs> these kids used to always make fun of me in class and say, ha ha, Bo breeds love. And so I went home and my dad told me, he was like, well, those stupid kids, next time that they say that, just tell them blah, blah, blah. And so the next day I go into school and the kid's like, ha ha, Bo breeds love. And I stand up in the middle of class. I'm like, yeah, and the ladies like it. <laughs> That's hilarious on like five different levels. I know, and so I, yeah, I know. Seriously, and so I got sent to the principal's office. And I never used that line again. Excellent. Well, yeah. so I kind of honed into the, you know, how did how did the photo shoot uh, come about? How did that was that a thing that you were kind of looking to do anyway? Had you done modeling or anything like that before? Or did they call you? How did that happen? No, no, I hadn't been looking for that, and I'd had never been approached on anything like that before. And then they, like, jumped on the bandwagon, like, two days after the whole thing kind of went down. The incident. Yeah. And, um, like, started sending me emails and trying to contact me. And I was right. like, no, no way, no way, no way. And so I put it off and put it off and put it off. And they literally, like, approached me, like, almost every other day for, like, two or three weeks. Right. And then finally I was like, well, you know, send me your proposal and i'll look at it and so about it. what was your what was your voicemail like uh after everything started because this would have been what is this in january am i when did everything sort of when when did everything kind of explode when did this uh back in january back in january so did you go through a period where you just you didn't even you didn't even check your email you just you unplugged your phone or you turned your cell phone off or whatever oh no that'd be like ripping your heart out <laughs> 
I know. I tried. My mother was like, you need to change your cell phone number. You need to get a new phone. I'm like, mom, no, you don't understand. I'm like, this is my lifeline. Um, no. Yeah. I mean, there's obviously a time where it got like way too crazy. And, you know, I mean, there's, I remember one day at the end of the day, checking my voicemail and I had like, you know, 30 voice messages or something. I'm like, "Uh, I think I'm going to hold off. Now, did you give, um, kind of the heads up to any, any people you knew? Was there like a circle of friends or relatives that you, you talked to in January and you said, look, uh, there may be some small item in the news about me. Uh, just don't be surprised by that. Were you able uh, to yeah. warn people? Yeah. I mean, it was it was all really, really last minute. I didn't know about it until the very last minute. But, yeah, I was able to kind of – the biggest person was like calling my mom, you know, and being like, hey. And what uh, – Did your mom know that supportive? you guys – Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. She, she, she had known, you know, and so she's – yeah. And was she supportive? Yeah, very. She is very supportive. It happened when, if I remember correctly, when the Willamette Week sort of – they were the ones that <laughs> sort of – they they put it in print for the first time because there had been some discussion of it. Mm-hmm. And and I'm kind of piecing this together in my recollection. Was it that the Willamette had talked to you and you had confirmed? Had they talked to someone else? Had they gotten? How is it that they arrived at that conclusion? I really don't want to get too into that. Sure. But the Willamette Week, you know, personally, I just hate I hate their guts. But is a combination of a whole bunch of different things. But as far as the accusations of anything before 18, none of that came from me. And so when did they insinuate that it came from you? Um, I don't know. I didn't really follow much of the story with them just because I hate their guts. Um, I hate their guts. And um, I think I've cracked your code. Yeah. Just making sure. I know it's pretty intense, but yeah. And so that was a thing that you, how much notice did you have that it was that it was going to be out there? How, how long did you have that you were able to kind of start talking to people? pre Like 15 minutes. Really? It was that little. And did they tell you or did someone else? It, it, did you hear officially? Yeah, that's kind of, you know, this. <laughs> Is that a so it's a it was an off the record sort of a thing? You did not. It was so it wasn't from them officially. It sounds like it was sort of. Oh no 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 no! It was it was from you know someone else somewhat closer to me. But yeah, and they. I don't want to get into that too much though. Somebody told somebody told somebody. Mm -hmm. Sounds like. So you now have done the layout. You're here in unzipped, which I think, and it is not yet on stands. I think actually tomorrow at Fantasy, people will be able to go there, be able to get it and get it signed. Um, The copies will be will be out. Um, so actually, selling yeah, actually, yeah, so it's selling it. So they have, so they need to be there tomorrow. I think there's the only people unveiling, in the world right now selling the magazine early. Yeah. So has it led to other, has it led to other offers? Has it been, has, you know, somebody said, well, uh, look, have you thought about special films, Bo Breedlove? I mean, you got offers to do no. that? <laughs> um, no offers for that, but I've had offers for other things. Um, stuff, not necessarily like this, but offers for other things, you know, so if you were offered, do you have an agent? Who is fielding all these offers? Um, I'm kind of like floating between a few people, but mm-hmm. I don't have like a specific agent at the moment now. Is it something you would you would consider though? If I mean, if you know, if this sort of came together correctly, is that a thing you'd do? Um, yeah. I mean, oh, not porn, but okay, I mean, yeah, having I like, an what? agent. <laughs> yes, let's clarify the answer. <laughs> you, you'd like to be a family sitcom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but like having an agent. Yeah. I mean, if it came together. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, right now the people that I work with, there's like, I mean. You know, my, one of my closest friends, Christine, is here, and she's, you know, someone that I started working with because of fantasy, mm-hmm. and she's become a really close friend. So it's just people like that that I kind of have relied on. And is it is, is sort of the world of entertainment or showbiz, is that the direction you were heading in before all this happened? Or what was, you know, no. if this hadn't taken place, uh, what would you what would you be doing right now? What would you be working toward? If, if this hadn't taken place, I would be doing the same thing I was doing working for the same company and, and hoping to someday become an event planner. And yeah. When, 
all of this sort of transpired, uh, and this is before it became, you know, before it became public knowledge, uh, when uh, the re- relationship was happening, did you, did you at any point anticipate that it would, that you would end up at this moment where th- there would be, no. be the scandal, the uproar? Mm-hmm. It didn't occur to you at all? Mm-hmm. Did it occur uh, to, to Sam Adams at all that this, that this I could? Don't wanna... <laughs> I don't want to get into that detail about that stuff. Into whether he talked about yeah, it? Yeah, I don't want to really talk about that directly. But it wasn't a thing that you, you didn't you didn't have any fear that it would sort of no run out this way, and if you had known, would you have would you still have had a relationship if you'd known that so much attention would be focused on it? I I don't know, probably not. No, just I, you wish you probably would have avoided it. Yeah, and it, it says that you were in another relationship. Let's see. Yeah, because we're reading your, we were your reading bio. Your bio. Oh. We're, your bio is fantastic, by the way. Yeah. You, I mean, your life is already way more, I mean, it, just like even before all this, way more interesting than mine because you were on, was it a Norwegian cruise line? Yeah. Yeah, Norwegian cruise lines. Yeah, I worked in uh, the Hawaiian Islands as a pianist. And then, then you met somebody. On- <laughs> oh, 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 I mean, um, friend. thank you. Yeah, let's. Uh, pickles. <laughs> pickles will be the, uh, pickles will be the operative word. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah, the best sorry. part is watching not just the reactions of us now, but the K2 folks as well. We are all uh, finely attuned to profanity. <laughs> but, um, yeah, the, so we were kind of reading the, the yeah, bio. So earlier. we're just asking things that are Holy in the bio. Uh, I, I, so you met this man vacationing in the islands. Yeah. You flew home to Oregon. That sounds romantical. And it says, my new love flew out to meet them. Yeah. So you're in the relationship between, what, 2005 and 2008? Yeah. Yep. So, is, so the new love is so the new love is somebody. This is not new uh, love is now old love. This is not Sam Adams. Is this, or is that the new love no, that's being discussed no, 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 in this? No, 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 it's all very. I was cruise ship guy. No, no, no. A cruise yeah. ship guy. So this is the cruise ship relationship, and it lasted what about three years? Yeah, yeah. Eh. What is a Norwegian? <laughs> what is a Norwegian cruise line? I'm just picturing like a lot of hot chiseled guys with wooden shoes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and big blonde bimbo. No, um, no, it's it's Norwegian cruise lines. Or they have. Ships, uh, not necessarily Norwegian. World. Yeah, no, 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 no. Oh, I see. So it's not like you're just because I was like, where's you going to cruise to in Norway? I mean, that's like yeah. a that seems like about a three mile like trip next there. Stop Oslo. <laughs> well done with the Oslo reference. <laughs> so is that? I mean, do you just like go in the one ads? Well, I know I could be. Uh, let's see, I could uh, work at a sandwich so shop. It's, it's cruise line. The pianist aboard. Yeah, and no. that was your only job uh, aboard the cruise line. Well, yeah, I did that. I was actually hired to be a a, a server mm-hmm. on the ship, and then. Um, when I went to the training in Maryland, the president of the school that they did the training at died. And so the night before the service, they were actually having the funeral service at the school because it was right on the water in Maryland and everything. And so they, um, my friend overheard them saying that they needed a musician for the funeral. And so he was like, oh, well, Bo will do it. And I'm like, no, 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 no. And so I ended up playing piano for the funeral. And then afterwards they asked me, well, that's a, hey, wouldn't you rather be a pianist? It's kind of good, but depressing. That's the good news, <laughs> yeah, bad news. Yeah. That your friend overhears that. Yeah, hey, I think so. there might be an opening somewhere. Yeah. But that show business anyway. It is. When it's God like closes it. a casket, he opens a door. Yeah. That's how that works. It's just another dead Oh, come on. That's funny. <laughs> All right. I can hear laughter in the back. I know that's amusing. So... 
If somebody, if if you had been told a couple of years ago that you were uh, going to be uh, posing, I guess partially nude, all the way nude, uh, you know? Yeah, what's with that? How come, a, how come you didn't nude up all the way? How do I put this? Oh, I ain't going to uh, show the whole thing. You showed, like, I mean, oh, come on. We'll you showed, like, I, everything but. That's just a bush. I mean, that's know not. The, know the little, like, chair pose? Let's, you can oh, yeah, see a lot true. there. I'm going to yeah. clarify what Sarah's talking about here. So, uh, <laughs> so there is a shot, and this is in the uh, unzip. The, the, the one ankle's kind of behind my left ear. No, I'm just kidding. Well, I must have missed that page. Hold on. On a second. Um, in, in a one page, you're staring out the window. Yeah. Waiting for, waiting for your trousers to be delivered, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> There's so in, in this in Unzip, which you can see this uh, tomorrow. It's happening from 5 to 6 at Fantasy of Adults Only, the downtown location, 15th and Burnside. They're going to be long lines. Bovary Love will be there from 5 to 6. And you're going to be. Uh, you signing. I mean, do you get do you get that a lot where people come up to you and they're like, hey, I know who you are. Sign something for me. I mean, do you get a lot of attention just walking around? Um, usually what I get is like, Hey, aren't you? And then I'm like, yeah. And I usually say, sorry. And then they're like, Hey, can I buy you a cocktail? And I'm like, yeah, uh, no, sorry. <laughs> Have you ever thought about creating a cover personality? They go, are you? And then you say, yes, I, I am in fact, Ben Affleck. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for watching. I appreciate it. <laughs> no, I mean, does I the attention been, bother you? Do you ever, uh, do you ever wish you could turn that off? Some aspects of it. Yeah, of course. Like the nasty stuff. But I mean, that kind of comes along with anything. So, I mean, I guess kind of what I'm hoping to do is kind of, I mean, people know my name now for something that's already happened, and I'm kind of hoping to take the opportunity to to redefine what they know me for. Do you get women who hit on you constantly? No, I get women who want to go shopping with me. Oh, well, all right. <laughs> they well. want you to be their hot friend. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think that may be code for something, by the way. I yeah, think that's Contrary be, to yeah. my father's hopes, the ladies don't love it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what do you do all day? Um, <laughs> you, you must walk your dog Lolita. Oh, is that Lolita? is your dog's name Lolita? Yes, that is has hilarious. No connection to anything. I adopted her before this whole thing started, and I got so much pickle well, for it, naming it, her yeah. Lolita. <laughs> wow, I'll take retroactively embarrassing for a thousand <laughs> and double entendres. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah, yeah, that was that was, and so I was just pickle. like, you're just a this, fan of heart shaped sunglasses, or no, no, like I adopted her, and the thing was, I didn't know what to name her, and so I'm waiting, I'm filling out the paperwork, and I was flipping through this. Doggy magazine, and there's an article about a dog named Lolita. And I'm like, oh, that's a great name because she's from Mexico. I'm like, well, I'm going to give it a few hours and think about it. So then we went to dinner, and we were sitting outside on the patio at this place, and I had Lolita, or the dog at that point in time. And this woman walks up with her dog, and she's like, oh, I love your dog. What's your name? I'm like, oh, I haven't decided yet. What's your dog's name? Lolita. I'm like, okay, I got to name her Lolita. So I name her Lolita, and of course, then like three days later, it's like, well, obviously he has a sick sense of humor. He's just <laughs> twisted. And I'm like, <laughs> Is, and that's that's something I never even really thought about. That it was a decision you made earlier, and then everything gets sort of taken by the media, and they kind of isolate it and distort it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like, thank God I don't have a cat named Monica. I mean, that's horrible. <laughs> did you ever see? Uh, did you ever after this uh, started to happen in January? Did you ever see a picture of uh, Monica Lewinsky and feel like you know we're that's it? We're sisters under the skin. We've uh, we're bonded. No. no. Thoughts? And does she live sorry. still in Portland? She what? well, she went to Lewis and <laughs> yeah. Clark. Oh, sorry, I'm like totally out of the loop on that. I think well, she did for a while. Like she was going to do advertising. She went to Lewis and Clark, uh, and then she moved away, obviously. And then uh, we shouldn't say anything. Speaking of don't things, we don't specify. Uh, at one point, uh, I know that uh, Monica Lewinsky. We talked about this off the air. Monica Lewinsky was offered, and I think had accepted a job at what we might call um, a prominent Portland marketing firm. Uh, who then heard so much kind of pickles about it, uh, it from oh. from inside the company? They're like, we don't want to work with her, and so the she offer has a lot was of pickles. the offer the offer the offer <laughs> was, was really was big pickle. The table. 
Uh, we're talking to Bo Breedlove. He's going to be at Fantasy for Adults Only that is downtown uh, tomorrow, Saturday, from 5 to 6. Is this uh, going to be your only public appearance with this magazine, or are you going to be in different cities? I think so. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, yeah, we're doing a world tour. Yeah, so. tour shirts. <laughs> Our next stop is Tokyo. Um, yeah, no, this is the only thing. <laughs> we'll talk more to Bo Breedlove when we come back. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO on Friday morning. Stay there. Bo Breedlove continues next right here. It's the Rick Emerson Show. That's fantastic. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Radio professional. There's a, you just missed. We really ought to do some sort of like a webcam feed here. But it is not, madness in here right now. And we always talk about, you know, like every like jackass radio show just has like a webcam pointing at them. Usually we don't have this much light in here, though, and I don't think we like it on a regular day. Well, and it's kind of... And there are uh, nine people in this room. <laughs> this place is just sort of like a bat cave most of the time. But most radio shows, it's just a camera... Because there's nothing more interesting than people talking into a microphone for like five hours. But we always say that we should have one during the commercial break because just now in the space of 10 seconds, Sarah, Dylan, and myself both went to put on our headphones, which we do eight or 9,000 times a year, and we both let go too early and we snap that we hit ourselves in the side of the head. So. And I've had these headphones <laughs> well, for about it, six years. It is Friday. <laughs> it is. In the final hour on Friday. Uh, Bo Breedlove is here. Uh, and Hola. Hey, do you have a... Uh, uh, hello. I have to ask, do you, do you have... What? what? I said Hello. Oh, sorry. What did you think I, said, I thought he said noodle. Noodle? I don't know. I thought yeah. it was pickle. Noodles. Yeah. Pickles. Well, yeah, pickle. No, noodles, the, you know, uh, we, we haven't gotten that word yet. I don't think it's the, uh, I don't think the, I don't think there was any noodle. I think that was Sarah's observation earlier about the. There uh, are a lot of noodles in the There are a general. lot of noodles. I know. And some graphic noodles, too. Yeah. And by noodles, of course, we mean uh, recipes. recipes. Yes. Yeah. Wow, yeah. get out of my yeah. head. <laughs> I was trying to help you. <laughs> this, uh, have you, I, you said your mom was real supportive uh, about everything, as mothers, as mothers are. Um, how did you talk to her about the, the photo shoot, about how you're going to be in the, in the magazine? Was that, was that a weird conversation to have? Oh, yeah, of course it was a weird conversation. But, I mean, you know, I was very honest about it, I think. I, th- I think. You just wanted to, you wanted to have and just sort of, you know, let her, let her know yeah. so she didn't I kind of waited out. until I made sure, like, I had all the ducks in the row, in a row and, like, kind of figured out what it would be like before I approached her with it. Yeah, so it's not just sort of lingering out there. It's like an unresolved, yeah. an yeah. unresolved kind of yeah. a thing. Did you... My chair keeps going down. Why don't you... There's Let's a do this. Stool. Sorry, it's like I'm talking to you and you're getting taller and I'm getting shorter. I know, it keeps... And it's like That's, pulling you away from the mic, take, too. Take mine. Like all four of us stand up at once. Dang. All right, so we'll uh, we'll go here. You let him sit in the sinky chair now that I long, stand Rick? out of it. I offered to switch. He was very gracious and declined the offer of a chair. There you go. Oh, wow. Oh, oh. Is it? <laughs> it's sunk just a little bit there. Okay, yeah. Just, maybe it's usually, usually maybe no, you've got usually, a weird. Uh, usually it doesn't. I think that's I don't as far know. as it goes. Maybe my cheeks are off balance. Maybe you've something. got. <laughs> yes, you've got uneven butt cheeks. That's. Uh, I don't know. Well, I, everyone's going to be able to tell. No. You know? <laughs> I didn't want to be the one to break the news. Oh, I, uh, they did look quite even. Yeah, well. Uh. So, does what? it say Mother's Day on the cover of that magazine? I think it does actually. It's uh, and then it says I'm looking at the cover of Mother's Day from Unzip magazine. Unzip and then it says. Creepy clown sex. This is apparently yeah, uh, yeah. something that's on the minds of of everybody here. So, but can I please to be looking at that? Yes, I want to yes, see the article. I'm going to look at the article. Um, I hope this doesn't make you uncomfortable. I'm going to look actually, at you. I was actually really proud Ooh. of the article that they wrote. I think I thought they did a really good job. Of no, I, I actually read the article yesterday, and it was very well written. Have you just uh, sort of as as a matter of preference? Have you always have you always kind of been attracted to to older guys more than guys your own age? Is that just a thing that is that a mm-hmm. dynamic that's always kind of been there? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And is that what in particular about older guys is it? Um, like people ask me that all the time. I don't know what it is. 
It's just I don't know. I don't know. I well, it's just I kind of like your type. Know. Like everyone yeah. has a type. Is yeah, it? Everyone has a type. Some mm. people like Latino. Some people like Asian. I like old. Yeah, old, older, <laughs> older. Okay, I was just, I'm just taking a little bit of offense. At oh, that. Yeah, older. Okay, old I, I for some reason I found like my and of course now this is gonna be just shot down the toilet, but I find like my medium to be like around like. 38. I don't know. I just, I like a guy that I can look up to. I like someone, I mean, in anyone, I mean, even my friends, female friends are, are older. I just like, I like surrounding my people or surrounding my people with self, surrounding myself with people that you can just kind of look up to people that I admire. Do you like, who, is it a, a sort of people who have a, a kind of a powerful sense about them? No, not necessarily that. I mean, yeah, people that are confident, but just people to, I don't know. Like a big guy in a suit and shiny shoes. Yeah. I myself have shiny shoes. Or a shoes. big woman in a suit and si- shiny shoes. <laughs> or that, sure. Uh, hey, so I have a question. So have you experienced any, like, celebrity treatment since this all has ensued? Like, have you have you gone anywhere? Like, Has anyone sent the limousine for you? Because wasn't Perez Hilton freaking out over you? Well, yeah, that was going to say, like, that was the one thing that was kind of odd was the whole Perez Hilton thing. Like, when I went down to L.A. for Unzipped Magazine, they had a... Um, a couple get-togethers for me, like, afterwards at a couple of the bars in, in West Hollywood. And the first place we went was um, Fiesta Cantina. And, like, we walked in, and the second we walked in, one of the editors came up to me, and he was like, oh, I'll just, you know, put your head down. So these guys get around me, and they, like, <laughs> shuffle me to the back to where our They're table like being is. smuggled yeah, to the, the villain. I'm like, why, is everyone really sweaty or something? I'm like, what's going on? And so they like shuffle me to the back and they're like, oh, well, Prez Hilton's here. He heard that you're going to be here and he's waiting here. And I was like, oh. And so then we like hang there for like an hour and then Prez Hilton finally comes up and I didn't even realize who he was. Like, right. I was like, yeah. was, was he pretty obnoxious? Because he seems like he would be very aggressive. He was actually really, really nice. He just came up to me and was like, hey, aren't you so-and-so? And I'm like, yeah, who are you? And he's like, well, I'm so-and-so. And I'm like, oh, hi. And then he was like, so what do you have? And I was just like, I'm kind of, I'm sorry, but I'm kind of busy. I got to go. <laughs> was he hitting on <laughs> I have you? to pee. I'll be back in a minute. But <laughs> no, not literally. No. Oh. Um, but uh, no, he wasn't hitting on me. No, he was okay. just, he wanted to ask me questions. And I was just like, uh, uh. do you, I mean, do you get a lot of that? Do you feel like, um, do you feel like the gay community uh, has really latched onto this because it's a very, because it's such a polarizing thing? Oh, of course. They're like, they're, yeah. I mean, it's a very, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of debate around it, and that's one thing I hate about the gay, the gay community issue. The struggle with it right now is that, you know, it's so divided. It seems it got pretty divided when all of that happened. Yeah. What's yeah. the what, – what has been, in your read anyway, the general consensus from your experience with the gay community and how they've responded to this? What side of the issue, you know, is it is it sort of falling on in your in, – you know, what's your take on that? In other words, people think that either something they think it maybe did damage uh, to the image of either um, you know age differences in relationships or uh, you know that it yeah I think people think that it did damage to that. But the thing is, what really pisses me off is the fact that straight people do this. I mean, you could have some hooker in you know in North Dakota who sleeps with a senator, and then the next week is on the cover of Maxim, which is essentially the equivalent of this magazine. And she doesn't get crap, but a gay guy does it. And all of a sudden, it's demeaning the whole gay culture and bringing down, you know, everything that they've ever worked for. And obviously, I know that there's a lot of struggles with it, but I really don't think in society in general, there should be any difference between a man doing it from a woman doing it. I mean, and you obviously you and millions and millions of women pose for pictures like this every year. And it's I just think, yeah, 
but that's kind of bananas. And you were able to, to make your own decisions. <laughs> you obviously feel that you had uh, the sense of self. Do you feel that that you were uh, at that age able to make all the right decisions for yourself? Obviously, I don't think we're ever able to make all the right decisions. And yeah, I was young, but I was I was aware of what I was doing. Yeah. And do you think that? How do you feel about the some of the newspapers around here uh, using uh, the word teen yeah, to teenager. describe you? Whereas it Sam Adams had a relationship with teen. How did you feel when you saw teen? Well, I mean, I that I mean, I was a teenager. I mean, using it in like a derogatory sense, I guess, is different. But I mean. Do you feel that that word kinda, was picked specifically oh, to? Oh yeah, of course. Further to a stereotype, the whole situation. But I, I, um, I don't know. I just think you know. I honestly, with the whole articles that are all the articles that are written and the things that are said on the news and stuff, I, if it's something that doesn't fit the way that I believe, it's it's fine. I think everyone's entitled to their own opinion. I'm still gonna make the decisions I want to make, and I'm still gonna be proud of them. Is and, it hard to like not have um, people's negativity affect you? Hmm. Yeah. You still seem like really positive and upbeat, though. Yeah, I, I mean, try. It's good. I try. Is it, was it what was what was the most difficult period? If you want to look at that, you know, there's the time leading up to it, and then there was all of January and then February, and I know that the Sam, you know, Adams is going to be coming up on his six month uh, point in office, which is, I guess, when they can uh, they can recall him. Has what was the the moment where it felt like it was just the craziest? Though, what was the? Do you remember the time? The, the initial, the first week, was and this the roughest. Actually. The, Actually, no, the first, I'd say the second week was the roughest, actually, yeah. At any point uh, b- since then, during that, did have you talked to Sam at all since then? Yeah, a little bit, yeah. And was it before the story broke or after? Both. And did you call him? Did he call you? It was mutual. Like, yeah, we called each other on and, different occasions about different things. And just to make sure that every, the, every we were all mm-hmm. kind of bearing up, or what was... Just without getting too personal, just, just what was the base. tone of the just the touching tone. base, yeah. And so he was. You felt like he was supportive of you as this, yeah. Is that you, yeah. you didn't feel like you you sensed that he was. It was, but it was still it was still amicable though. There was yeah. no you didn't yeah. feel like there was any animosity there. Correct. Yeah. And do you ever see yourself uh, at some point when this sort of dies down one way or the other? Do you see yourself ever you know being friends with him or being? Yeah, I hope so. Or is it to? So well, it's not going to be a thing yeah, that's just in the past. Yeah, it's definitely. And that's always kind of awkward, too. Like, if you break up with somebody, and then all of a sudden, like, you experienced that relationship a long time ago, but now it's being dredged up into public, you know, like, four years. Like, I don't want to talk about a boyfriend that I had four years ago, you know, right. to everybody over well, and over again. That's so well, my be- thing is, like, I, I've i always been, I mean, I've only had, you know, three partners, and, and Sam was a stint in between two of them, you know. But I've always been a firm believer of staying friends with your partners because they're in your life for a reason i mean and you feel like he feels the same way too that it was an amicable sort of yeah i hope so and were you surprised when the uh were you surprised when the when the the kissing story came out uh no because that was something i mean we had talked about i knew that was gonna be coming out but the whole that whole interview with the oregonian just like was not something that I was ready or willing to do at the time. That was actually something. And I don't think many people know this, you know, because a lot of people are like, oh, he jumped on getting as many interviews as he could right away. Right. I was like, no, actually, I only did three interviews. Mm-hmm. And one of them I was I was really forced into, and the other two were trying to pick up the pieces from the first one, which the first one being the Oregonian. Do you feel like it's people of, do you feel like you're getting tagged with that? Uh, you're trying to squeeze all, you know, you're trying to squeeze as much spotlight out of this as you can. You, you think yeah. that that's an unfair assessment of it. Yeah. And I guess the thing with the very first interview with the Oregonian was something that I didn't want to do. And they, it was literally this thing of they kind of came to me and said, you know, hey, we're, you know, 
putting this story out there and you know unless you talk to us then this is what we're writing about right. you right and and the a lot of people paid attention i think to the second and third wave of the stories the kissing thing uh, specifically and they they seized on the fact that the kiss anyway was you know when you were 17 and there was a lot of attention about that and do you feel that you got sort of ambushed into to talking about that yeah. a little bit yeah do you feel do you feel that that in particular that act the the the, the kiss of you know when you're 17 or whatever is that a thing do you regret that no you don't do you, you don't feel, seem like a person with regrets no no would it be fair for I make mistakes, but I mean, mm. everyone does you learn from it. For people who are maybe they're and they're on the outside and they're looking in at this and they're on whatever, you know, whatever end of the scale. Do you feel it's fair for people to look at like the that to say that that's a that that's a sexual act? Um, I. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I. Uh, yeah. To think that you just. Yeah, I. Obviously, something that's you no know, preferred, preferred is not preferred to not wait. Yeah, I really don't want to talk about that too much, just because of the stage that that is right now in investigation and stuff. I don't want to get too into that. And that's actually that's a really good point too, because it is yeah. it is still ongoing. So, uh, we'll uh, do a quick break here. When we come back, we'll wrap it up. We'll talk more about what you can see tomorrow at Fantasy for Adults Only. It's going to be at Fifteenth and Burnside. Bo Breedlove will be there. With okay, where did the Unzip magazine go? Uh, See, it vanishes. You leave it on the counter for 10 seconds and it goes. More valuable than gold in this building. All right. Back after this. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101. KUFO. Stay there, my friends. From the greatest city on earth. It's great to be back in Portland. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. We're here with Bo Breedlove. He's going to be at uh, Fantasy tomorrow downtown, 15th and Burnside. No, sorry, Lisa was just showcasing one of the pictures and unzipped. Did you uh, get to approve the photos, or did you just take a whole bunch and they and did you even know what they looked like until they came out? Oh no, that was part of my agreement with them was that you know because I didn't want anyone to see my hoo hoo, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> that's the Dr. Seuss you're version. Pe- uh, no, you're noodle. <laughs> yeah, my, well, no, I don't like say noodle <laughs> because true. that just gives the wrong image. I mean, it's like yeah. Anyways, um, so wow. I don't want anyone to see my magic marker. Um, but I think <laughs> the scientific term is Linus. My Linus. Oh yeah, that's kind of depressing. <laughs> it's just, a good, just nothing, just silence. But there. anyway, so like I, I, you know, I told them, and so what was great was that the the photographer was Mark Henderson. He's this amazing photographer. He's done all these books and stuff. And anyways, so um, he was like, well, that's you know, that's totally fine, totally understand. The only people that are going to see you for these photos are going to be me and the stylist. And then after every set that we do, he was like, you can literally tag, you know, follow me. I will take the disc, the thing out of the the. Uh, camera, right. and you can follow me upstairs. I'll put it in the computer, and you can go through and uh, look at every single photo with me. So they took like five thousand photos, and I literally looked at every single photo they took, and no photo in the entire thing ever showed anything I didn't want it to. That's oh. awesome. So I was completely cool and confident. That's good because sometimes photog- well, it sounds like that photographer is cool because sometimes they can oh, be yeah. douchebags and be like, "No, this is my property." You know, I took yeah. it. So I can no, do he I want was with like, he was the best photographer. I mean, he's amazing. Is that a thing you do? Uh, 
Would you do that again, or do you feel like that's a one-time? Like, you sort of you check it off the list, like I've posed, and people seem part of me anyway. And yeah, sort yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. That that definitely. Like, if something else were to come up that wasn't, you know, you know, you know, pickle shots or whatever, mm-hmm. then. <laughs> <laughs> so you can't see your pickle in the magazine, but you can see your uh, tattoo. Right. It, it's, yeah. So Sarah, it's a sexy like tattoo. And so it's where it's on. Uh, it's on his upper thigh, like right next to his. Yeah, it's friend. on my right next to my friend. <laughs> it's on my upper left. Oh, that's higher than I thought it yeah, was. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's kind of well, either that or I have a little waist, but yeah, it's yeah. So this, actually, I actually want to get it added on too. So this is a tattoo on your upper left thigh. It says "Breed Love." Yeah, and I like that font. Yeah, so do I. Mm-hmm. So I have to ask why? Why your own name tattooed on your body? Um, well, cause you know, I kind of wanted a tattoo for a long time and you know, everyone kept saying, Oh, that, you know, don't do that. You know, you're going to change your mind in two years or whatever. I was like, well, what's the one thing that's never going to change? And okay. Obviously I'm a little dense because it took me like three years to figure this out. Cause I'm like, what's the one thing that's never going to change about me? <laughs> I'm like, Oh, my name. Hello. That's um, why I got tattoos with my sister because we got our birthstones. Cause I'm like, cause oh, really? I, yeah, cause I love her unconditionally. So I'm like, yeah, that's, you know, it's not like yeah. a friend that's going to something that's like not going to change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's something that, you know, is always going to be there. And so anyway, so I thought it'd be cool. And I love my last name. I mean, I'm proud of my I'm the last, you know, breed love in my family. What know? kind of name? What, what kind of name is that? Is it, you know, English I'm not 100 percent sure. But from my understanding, it's like either German or Native American. All right. So I that's like two total opposites. It's like it's either Norwegian or Hawaiian. <laughs> <laughs> but um. Yeah, but I'm actually going to get it added on to, I think. What are you going to get? Um, well, I don't know. Some people might think this is stupid, but I actually want to get my birth year in Roman numerals following up. Cool. On the side of it? Yeah, so it'd be like MCXX. Oh, yeah, there's three uh, three X's, so it's triple X. So I thought that was kind of funny. But anyways, yeah. So you feel like you're able to get to a point, you're going to be at a point pretty soon where you can turn the corner a little bit so you're not... So, you, so you're not sort of the Sam Adams guy? Yeah, that's forever. the thing. I don't want my name to be like... That's 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 why I'm trying to be individual. I don't want my name to be, cons- you know, eternally associated with this whole, you know. I know you don't want it to be associated, but did you ever see those hilarious T-shirts? Did you see the T-shirts what? about the 18-year-old and well, Sam Adams? We'll have to be careful about this, but oh. it was a shirt that was a variation of where you don't have to be 21 yeah. to da 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 Sam Adams. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did you see, uh, did, I, I saw it online, but yeah, no, I didn't see it. A friend of mine sent me an email. Do you feel like it's going to be harder for him to not be the Bo Breedlove guy than it's going to be for you to not be the Sam Adams guy? Think he's got the the much more difficult job? Um, I hope not. I don't know. Yeah. Because yeah, I don't know. I hope not. <laughs> what's your read on Portland kind of moving on from this for you know as far as he, he's concerned? When do you think the city's going to be able to? Because I guess in whatever the six month mark is, January, March, April, May, June. So I guess in June they could theoretically uh, recall, and they have to wait at least six months. I guess. Do you think Portland is? Moving past it, you think they're gonna? Do you think it's gonna be fatal, or do you think that Portland has kind of accepted it and, and moved on? Um, I I hope that Portland is accepting it. I mean, I I have like I've said before, I have a lot of confidence in people in general, in society in general. But Portland is like an amazing city, and the people here are way beyond a lot of the other cities. I mean, and I think that you know, I think that the people of Portland will realize that Sam is a marvelous leader and a wonderful choice for the city. You feel like Portland is probably there, as you said, there are issues where there's a little bit of a double standard and hypocrisy when, you know, a straight couple where there's an age difference of whatever or a power difference, they do something. Uh, Portland is still so, it still seems very progressive though in terms of not just uh, a gay straight relationship, but also the age difference. It seems like that was 
an issue, but maybe not as big an issue would, as it would have been somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, totally true. That's and true. it wasn't an issue for you, obviously, because it's a thing that you felt you felt fine yeah. with, and it's you know. So, Bobri Love will be at Fantasy uh, for Adults Only downtown, Fifteenth and Burnside tomorrow, five to six. I'll so. be there too. And Sarah will be there uh, as well, covering. I want to watch for, the, the hordes of the beautiful gay boys like fawning over you. Hordes oh. of beautiful gay boys. <laughs> I don't know if there's going to be hordes of beautiful gay boys, oh. but there's probably oh, going to be dude. a whole bunch of retired people on security. How can you lie? You don't know there's going to be hordes of beautiful. Uh, I like. I told Christine. I was like, you know, I, I'm pr- totally prepared for like five of my closest friends showing up and then being like, you know what, let's just go get Chicken McNuggets and call it a day. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm oh, saying right now, you, you could, uh, you, you and I both know this. Let's just speak honestly here as men. You know you could fill your dance card like from tomorrow until you are 85 years of age, like by the end of today. Uh, I'm just saying that option is there. You shouldn't immediately just dismiss uh, it. No. All right. I'm, all right I'm just, we'll see. I'm just Good looks for and modesty. I'm... <laughs> Oh, right. pickle. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go out on that. Bo Breedlove, thank you so much, sir. Thank you. All right. It's the Rick Emerson Show. We return after this to wrap things up. We'll do some headline wrap-up with Tim Riley. It smells like the 90s coming up at 9 with Buzz. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101. KUFO. Stay right there. Putting the cult in pop culture. My eyes, the goggles do nothing. The Rick Emerson Show returns on Rock 101 KUFO. We now enter the saddest part of the broadcasting day, the uh, final segment of the Rick Emerson Radio Show. Wow. Did that just happen or we just sort just of like fall into a wormhole or something? No, that just happened. I uh, double-checked. It did. God, and he was, by the way, P.S., everybody out there, he was as cool as he sounded. He was. Uh, he seemed like he was, I'll say this. He's, um, he's older beyond his, the years that he is. Uh, well, let me, uh, well, the media ages you, Sarah. Uh, well, I'll put it this way. Regardless of what anybody thinks about anything or where you sort of stand on, uh, you know, the whole issue, I will say this. That guy, uh, Bo Breedlove, he's holding up way better than I probably would. He's a viral young man. I mean, at, like, gift of youth. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. like at 21, I mean, uh, you know, I can't even, I mean, I can't even fathom what it's like to, you know, to go through that. I mean, regardless of whether you think he, you know, whatever part uh, was played or, you know, whatever, how inappropriate or appropriate you think it might have been. Uh, the fact that he hasn't just flat out gone crazy or just cracked under that, I mean, you say it's not like on the level of the Bill Clinton, Monica Lewinsky thing, but in in the city of Portland, it sort of is. I mean, and I mean, it did so. make national news. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Lisa Desjardins, but she's like, hey, Bo Breedlove. So, I mean, it's, you know, and in Portland, everybody kind of knows where to find you. It's hard to get away as opposed to, you know, uh, you know, something like on the national scale. So right. oh, speak of something relating to that. Uh, this just in here. A unanimous ruling. Iowa has just ruled that marriage is no longer limited to one man and one woman. Yeah. Suck on that. All right. There you go. Fantastic. That's a good way to end the week. All right. This is the Rick Emerson Radio Show. We want to thank Bo Breedlove uh, for joining us today. Also, Aaron Duran from GeekInTheCity.com and Jim Roop from CNN Radio Los Angeles. Join us Monday when our guests will include, uh, include Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian to be joining us here in studio. Smells Like the 90s is next with Buzz at 9 a.m. That is right now, kids. Rick Emerson Show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah Exdillon for Rock 101 KUFO. In the newsroom, Tim Riley and the phones, Richie Bristol, the gatekeeper, Dave's in the webmistress, Bridget from upstairs, CBS Radio Portland marketing guru, Susan Don't F with Me Reynolds, and executive producer, one Christopher J. Paddock. I'm Rick Emerson. Thank you for listening. It is Friday, April 3rd, 2009, and that is The Frequency. Kenneth, have a good weekend. We'll see you all Monday. Bye.
right across his posterior.